three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all. It's going down right now. The 22 Shots of Moods and Horror episode 33 is coming at you live right now. I am your host, Mood616. And of course, I've always got my homeboys with me. NES Ruler, welcome back. What up? I missed you, fellas. Yeah. And of course, we've got the homeboy, Double Shot J, also known as JP. What's up, boys? Yo, yo. What's up, dude? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, man, I got to say, I'm a little tired today. Not yeah. going to lie. Yeah, I've been tired this whole week, man. Well, I've been tired for like a month straight. You still uh, recovering from your 21st birthday party or what? Well, yeah, well, not really. Details. I'm not much of a partier, as you yeah. guys know. Yeah. I had yeah, a few not. drinks, though, you know, a few more than my legal, my usual two and fall over. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do then? Boots and also all about that. Um, yeah. I went out with a couple of buddies from school to the... To a few bars and things like that. Awesome. You guys hit it. You guys hit up some strip clubs. Oh yeah, yeah. My twenty first. Yeah, no, that's what you do when you turn eighteen. Is that what? The, is yeah, it but there are strip at? clubs that you can drink at, so you have to hit yeah. those ones up when you're twenty one. Yeah, you yeah. can get into strip clubs when you're eighteen. Why yeah. is it twenty one up in the foreign land of Canada? No, it's nineteen. Oh, that's nice. right. You could drink at nineteen, right? Yeah, nineteen at. You know, in BC where I am, and you know, every odd province is like eighteen or something. I don't know. It's really weird in Canada. It's bizarre, but yeah, yeah. I know. I've actually that that's totally true, man. Because I remember going into uh, a strip club down in Seattle one time, and it was I walked in, didn't think anything of it and stuff, and then they're like, "I'm like, yeah, can I get a beer?" They're like, "No, because we don't serve alcohol here." And I'm like, "What the fuck is a strip club?" <laughs> but it was one of those eighteen year old strip clubs. I was like, "What the fuck." So yeah. yeah, needless to say, I was a little pissed off, and actually ended up getting my money back and left. left. <laughs> Went to a better one. Oh yeah, man, I was like, dude, I'm not gonna sit here and watch strippers with no beer. <laughs> you by yourself? You just you just went to strip club? No, no, no. I was with the wife and yeah, that wouldn't be creepy people. at all. There was there was like six of us or something, but <laughs> I just wife went. Oh yeah, yeah. She likes the strippers. <laughs> yeah, I went one time and I was 17, and they uh, they. They did. They didn't serve alcohol at that one either. But uh, we could leave it. Like we could walk out to the car at any time and and drink, and they didn't care. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, but you also live in the middle of nowhere, so it's like I think they're a little more lenient out. Son, I live you. on the mean streets of southwestern Pennsylvania. Yeah. Was that strip club in a barn, JP? <laughs> no, but but uh, it was funny because I was I was there with a, one of my boys, and it was uh, his. Uh, his girlfriend worked there, like as a stripper. <laughs> so that was a bit. That was a, like a, a tiny bit awkward, actually. That is a um, lot. And yeah. and you know what's funny is they actually um, 
he told him it was my 18th birthday, which was a lie. I was 17, uh, which was illegal. <laughs> and uh, they actually took me on the stage and like all gave me like lap dances and stuff. Um, and then they uh, tied my hands to a chair and, and hit me with a belt. And it was the worst thing. I, that, that was actually one of the worst moments of my life probably because it was really awkward. I, I don't know how people enjoy that at all because to me it just hurt like hell. And I was like, this is stupid. Why would anybody do this? And I was like, uh, how the hell are you doing it? To I'm you? out. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I'm not, I, that whole, you know, pain and like sex thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't it's know good for Hellraiser, that, not good for JP. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. Either. Yeah. I, just, I don't think the two should really mix, but you know, yeah. Um, just... but I like the concept of it, just not the execution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the execution. Yeah, man. It's pain. It's uh, pain. You know, that's yeah. not cool. So, um, Anyway, it, yeah, that was that was kind of the one of the craziest stories. Like, you know, I, I was very vague on it, and more shit happened. But, um, and ever since then, I've kind of was like, I think I'm gonna calm down in my life a little bit. Should <laughs> so you calm down? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I haven't done anything crazy like that ever since. Yeah, that's what a whooping will do to you, right? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, tired that that boy that I was talking about, the, yeah. the dude who I went there with, um, he's actually just I just found out he got two to five. Oh, nice. Yep. For what? Uh, GTA. Uh, I think there was some other charges in there. Um, just a bunch of shit, really. I mean, he was in and out of jail for a while. <laughs> Damn, GTA, man. That's that's serious biz, man. Yeah. Right there. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So, anything else exciting happen to you boys this week besides Jeremy's twenty first birthday? Uh, yeah. You know what? I have a l- little other story I could tell real quick. So, um, you guys remember the Halloween, uh, you know, issue with Halloween Four, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the replacement discs they were, you know, issued or whatever. So this this is you know movie related, uh, but. I'm waiting and I'm waiting. I'm like, where is this thing? I thought I was supposed to get it by now. And then I get this little postcard in the mail and I'm like, it says that my package, uh, FedEx does not ship the PO boxes. Yeah, yeah. So they have my package in like, like three cities away from me. And I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, how am I supposed to get this? And I called the place and like, no answer. I called like two days in a row. And then on the thing, it says like, if you don't respond in 10 days, like we send it back. And I was like, no, no, I want that disc. I went through all this trouble. And so I called like the big, like main UPS or uh, FedEx company. Um, and then I talked to some dude on the phone who didn't sound like he knew what he was doing. Is he and Indian? No, he oh, sounded, wow. um, I was talking, sounded, he was just regular American, yeah. uh, possibly black. I'm um, just judging by tones of voice. <laughs> but uh, so he changed the address on it. Um, and, you know, since it can't come to my house and it can't come to the P.O. box, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll send it to work. You know, I'll send it to my job and hopefully I get it. Uh, so I'm, I'm working, you know, yesterday, today and stuff. And I'm like, where is this thing? Like, there's still it's still not here. Yeah, but it's a Sunday, yet. though. Well, the, two days ago. Okay. Saturday, Friday and Saturday. All right. So. I'm like, where is this thing? It's still not here. You know, it's Saturday. What's up with that? So it's Sunday. I'm still here today. And I'm wondering, like, where the hell is my thing? Like, like I never heard of it, anything about it. And it's like, I'm pretty sure it's close to that 10-day mark or whatever. And uh, I, I check my voicemail on my phone, and it's freaking Eaton Park. And they got my damn DVD. 
Eaton Park across the road, uh, got my DVD at like the in their diner, and I just like roll in. And I'm like, hey, you guys got my Halloween four? And it was like a hot girl and stuff, and she was like, she, what? Like, looked at me. Why did there. they end up over there? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's next door to my. my how do they uh, know to call you? Work, but um, so I don't they know just that either. I seriously they... don't because they called my cell phone too. So they just they they just walked into this restaurant or whatever and just like handed it to them and they just accepted it. I guess so. <laughs> like who does that? Who does that? Like they know that they're not waiting for Halloween four and what's or something like this is, and they're just like, man, eh, what the fuck? It just <laughs> says right on the t- it, like the the mail too, like the the FedEx FedEx little envelope that it's in. It has what it is. like the listing is right on the cover. It's like Halloween four the cur- or uh, you know Return of Michael Myers replacement disc from Anchor Bay, and I'm like. Uh, this is very nerdy feeling. <laughs> I heard. I heard it's just the old Anchor Bay Four Blu-ray. Isn't that what they are anyway? Oh, I don't know. I don't have the set, so. Yeah, I think that's what they are anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they are. To be honest, that's but... the word on the street. So. Yeah. So that's that's my stories for the week. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's pretty goofy, actually. <laughs> I don't know what's more fucked up is the fact that they delivered it over there or the fact that they accepted it. Yeah. Yeah. Or with the me, fact that FedEx doesn't ship the damn P.O. boxes. What the fuck is the deal with that, man? I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Amazon now, Amazon Prime now delivers on Sunday through the post office, which is weird because I ordered my Pee Wee Blu ray last week, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, but my post office isn't open on Sunday. Mine isn't either. That's so what no the post hell office. That- no post office. Is, oh, but you have a P.O. box. Yeah. Ah. Hmm. Huh. I just found it interesting. Like, I ordered my Pee Wee set. I'm sitting there on Sunday on my birthday, and I hear my fucking doorbell ring. I was like, who the hell is that? So I go to the front door, and it's the fucking post office. I was like, why the hell is the post office delivering something on Sunday? Sure enough, it was fucking Amazon, so I guess the post office struck up a deal with Amazon that they deliver on Sundays now. So it's just the Amazon Prime stuff. I don't understand how every other company in the world can like work on Sundays but for some reason the postal system can't. Yeah. Dude, the postal really system important. doesn't even work on Saturdays up here. <laughs> yeah. Man, we, we get mail Monday through Friday and, and barely if that. Seriously like I fucking never get mail on Fridays. Yeah. Like it's so weird. Like a lot of times like I'll check the mail on Friday. I'm like, ah, oh, what the fuck? Of course, there's nothing in there. And then Monday, I'll get like a shitload. They just like skip Fridays. So basically, no Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Horseshit. That is pretty horse. It seems like everything in Canada is horseshit. <laughs> fuck, yeah. man. Our it's even system, the horseshit. I don't yeah. even understand. Like, I mean, we talked about this many times, but I don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. Yeah. Like, it is just mind blowing. Mm. Ugh, so bad. So yeah. bad. They need to get their damn thumbs out their asses up there, man. I know, man. It's so frustrating. Monty's, man. This gets brought up like every week at least because there's always something going on. But, you know, on a lighter note, though, um, I actually was up at my buddy's house. We were having some beers for his birthday there last night. And I look at my phone and Ryan Nicholson had texted me. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hey. He's like, he's like, what's up, man? He's like, uh, did you get that um, Blu-ray that you ordered? Because um, I'd ordered one about eight months ago from yeah, yeah. Lot Digger, right? I thought they were having a problem. Yeah, and I never got in stuff, and I was dealing with his guy and stuff, and he was never getting back to me, and I was emailing back and forth, and he just fucking never really tell me what the deal was. So then Ryan, he emailed me up and said, hey, man, did you get that Blu-ray? And I said, you know what? 
I actually heard from your guy last week, and he asked me to send him the receipt for the uh, the Blu-ray. So I sent it to him, and, I, and I, I told him in the email, I said, hey, man, just get back to me. Like, let me know what the deal is. And, of course, he never did. So so I told Ryan this, and he said, you know what? Fuck it, man. He goes, I'm going to fucking – I'm going to you know send out that Blu-ray that you ordered plus uh, Famine. I'm going to give you a free Famine Blu-ray too. Nice. And so he's going to, you know, FedEx it up. And he was actually in Richmond. So he's just in Vancouver right now. So he's pretty close to where I am. So Don't um, trust FedEx. <laughs> but whatever. But the thing is, he's taking matters into his own hands now. And he's yeah. like, yeah, this is what we're doing. We're going to send this stuff. And I was like, oh, thanks, dude. That's fucking awesome. So we just kept talking. He's like, hey, man, how's the weather up there? <laughs> Why like, is my favorite director, man? I was like, oh, Ryan's awesome, man. I love I'm like, that. it's actually pretty warm up here right now for this mm. time of year. But uh yeah, it was really odd. So, I love but yeah, thanks and- to Ryan Nicholson for you know stepping up and actually, you know, giving me some goods with some bonuses in there. Famine, pretty, famine's so. an interesting one. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet actually. It's, so, no, no offense, Mr. Nicholson, it's not my favorite of his films, but um, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. So that was um, you know a little interesting thing that happened this week, but probably the most interesting thing. Um, yeah, so. Now you have Ryan Nicholson's phone number. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe you could be an extra in this movie with that fucking beer of yours. No Holy <laughs> hell, that thing is big. Oh, man, it's I seen that picture control. today on my phone. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I know, man. It's keeping my face nice and cozy. It's awesome. It's awesome. But, I yeah. missed the pedophile stash, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. That thing is just, it's just so gross. Like, I can't even look at myself in the mirror with that thing, man. It's just like, I look at myself and I go, wow, uh, I should really punch you in the face. Right he can't go back to his old videos because he sees that and has to look away. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, uh, Hey, if anybody hasn't seen it, scroll through Moody's timeline on his YouTube channel. What was that, last November? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That thing was fucking oh actually, it's so pedo looking yeah <laughs> i think i think that dubby actually commented today and he's like man he's like the progression in your 88 series with your beard is phenomenal <laughs> oh my god you should just take a screenshot yeah, yeah, of every one lapse, dude and make lapse. a time lapse out of it yeah yes <laughs> do so it hilarious uh, it's so good <laughs> oh, that's awesome pedo stash uh dude uh dude i'm still pissing myself about gnome alone I laughed about that like Jeremy times missed this that week. last. Yeah, week. what is it? There was a DVD uh, announcement for a uh, new film. I think it was like Lionsgate who was putting it out or something, and it was called Gnome Alone, and it ha- <laughs> and it's starring Vern Troyer. Dude, the cover is so fucking funny. Uh, it's it's got hilarious. like this ridiculous like goatee, like long red goatee. Oh fuck, it's it, funny. I gotta look that up now. That's funny. <laughs> it's so good. Ah, uh, anyways, How's yeah. How's that not copyrighted? Gnome Alone? Gnome Alone? I mean, that sound, that's obviously sound like Home Alone. Well, you can't get copyright infringement for something that sounds like something. <laughs> <laughs> I I seriously can't wait to see this movie, man. It just looks so bad. Um, oh, yeah, that does look pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah. We were totally joking about it, just saying, like, you know, the guy that wrote that movie is like, man, I haven't seen Vern Troyer in a, in a long time. He's like, <laughs> since oh, Austin Powers, Golden. yeah, <laughs> since Goldeneye, Goldenfinger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. Death is 
JP, do we got some news? Barely. We barely have news this week. That's what you're saying. Yeah, uh, there's very, like, small amount of news this week. There's actually only two news stories that I thought were worth uh, writing down, and uh, there's a few DVD announcements. Besides that, that is it. Um, there was uh, some stuff on, like, Jurassic World or whatever, but um, honestly, I, I don't know how horror that is, so I just skipped on that. There was some, some other stuff here and there, just honestly nothing worth uh, noting. So uh, the first little piece of news, which I thought was interesting, is uh, Prometheus 2. We got another update on that. Uh, Ridley Scott says that the script is finished and is really good. He also says that he is moving away from uh, the ideas about gods and devils and stuff like that, much like the first Prometheus was, and introducing a new alien. So huh. I guess it's back to being an alien film again. <laughs> I think that's pretty much what people wanted, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that teaser um, in Prometheus uh, of the of that, uh, I guess, um, forget what it was called, but it was like that new alien. Um, he said that that looked a little too much like the regular alien, and he wants to do something a little bit different. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about Prometheus 2? Uh, you think, at least, I have a feeling that when it, eventually happens it's one of those big budget movies it's going to take a while to be uh you know go through the motions and stuff and release but um i have a feeling it'll it'll you know set, do really well and and you know get get a high box box office take and stuff it seems like these type of movies always do but i actually like the first prometheus so i'm actually looking forward to this yeah i, I don't mind the first one either um but uh, I I, th- I honestly think even the people that didn't enjoy Prometheus will still go see this. I'm so gonna go I th- see it. I really I think don't it, like it very much. So. Yeah, so I think that it's gonna do pretty well. Yeah. So it's just not like I like the idea of seeing like this big movie that's it might not be horror but it's sci-fi and it's it's like in that world and you know the pr- first Prometheus film felt so big to me and like it's it's o- not often you see that in that's like close to this genre. Um, so, you know, stuff like World War Z obviously gets to that, um, stage, but, you know, it's just too, too, I don't know. I don't like, I, I don't like the idea of how, what they did with the zombies in World War Z, but, you know, I'm, I'm down. You can do whatever you want with sci-fi stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the next little piece of news I thought was also pretty interesting, and the more I'm hearing about this, the more I'm kind of for it, right? So the Stand remake, we've been hearing, I think since we've started this show, we've talked yeah. about the Stand remake, yeah, um, you know, so. over a year ago, yeah. and so now the uh, writer, uh, Josh Boone, who was on uh, Kevin Smith's uh, Hollywood Babylon podcast, uh, dropped a little bit of information that he probably wasn't supposed to maybe <laughs> um he said that uh he wants the movie to be really grounded credible version of the movie uh he sold warner brothers on a single three-hour movie so what happened is the scripts the script gets finished 
I read it in like five months. Everybody loves it. Stephen King loves it. Eighty-seven million dollars is the budget. Uh, really that's expensive a for a horror drama. Yeah, that's um, a big ass budget. Yeah, that doesn't have set pieces. They come back and said, "Would you do this as multiple films?" And he said, "Fuck." He's like, "I said fuck yes." Um, <laughs> so I think we're mm. gonna do like four movies. <laughs> and he's like, "I um, I loved my script." But I was willing to drop it at an instant because you you are able to do even a truer version of this uh, of the story this way. Um, I can't tell you anything about how we're going to do them or what's going to be in which movie. I'll just say we are going to do four movies and we're going to do the stand at the highest level you can do it at. Uh, with a cast that's going to blow people's minds. We've already been talking to lots of people and have people on board in certain rules that people don't know about. Uh, We're looking to go into production next year, maybe in the spring. Hmm. So are these going to be four TV films? No, this is going to be theatrical, dog. This is going to be like your Hunger Games, your uh, Twilight, how they do it in, in this, you know, like, like sections which is super smart right i mean i don't think it's gonna do that well though really yeah i don't know it's tough it's tough to say man because updating stand i think is a really good idea i do Um, too because i don't know how many people would be interested in wasting money four times to see the stand it's not no no have you seen the original stand no it's a long yeah i know it's like a 1200 page book but it's like well it's like a four hour I yeah. Guess short. Or, yeah, but if they're making like four hour and a half long films, like, but you know, I don't to know be if honest, people are willing to drop thirteen dollars times four to go see the stand. Well, you're not gonna see it. It's gonna. It's not gonna be like one in one fucking year. I know that, but I'm just. I'm just saying. No, I just I don't think, think there's that big of an appeal to make it four parts for people to mm, go see it all four. I don't know. One of the biggest writers of all time doing something. Look, all right. First of all, you look at something like World War Z, okay? I'm not going to say I'm not going to go see it. I'm just uh, saying that. I understand. I I'm that. just, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, debating your point. You look at something like World War Z, all right? We all know it was crap. You look at the trailer and it was crap. It had a $300 million budget or whatever. But oh. you know what? It made money. Yeah. That's crazy because when you have that that machine behind it, that marketing machine of of Hollywood that's willing to put in these millions of dollars, they almost brainwashed you into like into trickery into seeing like it because it's so big, like but a summer. It's also, it's also who they got to star in that yeah. film too. Yeah, you know, yeah. to be honest, and that, that, that's a really big selling point. I mean, I'll never forget the first time I seen. It. I was like, what? Brad Pitt's in this movie? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it like, kind of caught me off guard. I was like, wow, this is like a really big budget fucking horror film that Brad Pitt's in. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it got my attention, you know, like, and, 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 and a lot of brain dead people will be like, eh, Brad Pitt's in it. I'm going to go see it. <laughs> I don't even care what the movie is, you know, fucking idiots. But, you know, how it rolls. I just I just think that we don't see adult dramas broken up into four parts. We only see uh, teen based films broken up into multiple parts. But I, I think just, this could. I think yeah, it could really but I think it, if, read the, if you've ever read the stand before, yeah, it's yeah. like it's quite a fucking feat, man. It, there's so much in there. Yeah. So yeah. Th- this actually really does make sense to break I'm it not, up like this. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad. I, I'm just thinking on a on a logical sense. Mm-hmm. If they're going to spend all this money, because uh, you said they're going to be eight, eighty-six million dollars just 
on the one film. So I would think that probably if they're breaking it up into four films and they're thinking that, oh, okay, these are probably going to do well. Mm, 60 million a film if they're an hour and a half long. Yeah. So that's uh, a mil- $240 million investment. So yeah. over, I don't over know. four years, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so th- the thing is, I actually think this can, um, if marketed right, I-, I have a feeling this can reach a wide variety of audiences. I mean, you just turn it and it's it, like post apocalyptic stuff like this is hot right now. You know what I mean? Like the, the, like the Walking Dead and shit like that. Um, I, I almost you know the Hunger Games like look at that that film series. See now right? we're getting into another thing now. Hunger Games is is based towards teens though. This is, is it. Yes. Is it only based for towards teens or is that mm, the primary audience? That's the primary audience. It's probably primary, but I, I would mean, think the stands primary audience would be because when twenty the, the hunger when Twilight was happening, it mostly the was stand like is like people's more. daughters and stuff. But when th- like the Hunger Games, like I know like. You know, grown adults who are like getting excited, like get excited for those films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's mainly mainly a teen based audience, just like the Twilight films and just like the Harry. People got excited about Harry Potter. They're still marketed towards. I, the I, teen I, based. I honestly think that there still is a really big audience for the stand, though, because I mean, even people my age, like I mean, I, yeah, yeah. you know, even my parents and stuff like that, like we were really big Stephen King fans, and you know, once that comes out, I think we're gonna check it out. You know, there's still that whole core fan base that Stephen King has. Like anything that you know that's related to him, people check out, right? Yeah, it doesn't really seem to get old. It Mm -hmm. doesn't update itself at all. It's like, I mean, yeah. Matters what it gets rated, man. It all depends on what it gets rated. Mm. If it gets rated PG-13, but I have a feeling it'll be PG-13. And maybe, maybe there's a chance that it will be marketed a little more towards you know like older people. But I mean, if they're gonna do PG-13, that's just fucking. Well, is it though? I mean, because what was the the original was a TV movie, dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, like, but the stand you could make a rated R version. Yeah, most definitely with the content that's there. But I mean, they had to dumb it down for the movie, right? When you do big shit like this, though, you can get away with quite a bit in a PG-13 film. Like when you make it as big as like World War Z or The Hunger Games or something. You know what I mean? But um, I think that. I think you have a lot of things going for it. One, it's Stephen King, right? And two, obviously we've seen terrible Stephen King stuff throughout the years. But anytime you see Stephen King with a lot of money behind it, it usually does good when you have that Hollywood mm-hmm. machine pushing it. And, you know, like anything that you go back from like the Green Mile to like this, uh, you know, Stand By Me, stuff like that. Like anytime you have like like a, like big people behind it. Yeah, but you're not talking usually- about – you're not talking about four separate movies, though. That's that's the well, main thing. I'm not saying that's movie. not okay. One movie, I could see it. That's totally a different. Because all that though. matters is the first year, right? That's what matters most is yeah. the first one. Yeah. That'll make or break it right there. If it does bad, they can always pull the plug, you know. Mm-hmm. Which would suck. Yeah. <laughs> that would be terrible. Like I think if they commit to cinema. it, they should already finish. I actually, I honestly think this movie is going to do pretty well. I mean, I have with, a feeling you know, a seventy million dollar budget or whatever, eighty five million or whatever it was. I think the, I think they'll make money on this. Yeah, I, I think Matthew McConaughey is attached right now as to the uh, lead character. See, now that's good. That's good casting right there because yeah, but that's you know, four. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. The thing with four films is making me iffy. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
it, it, it's really I mean it it all basically depends on how the first one does. Well, let, yeah. let's also look at I mean, like, it's like what we're dealing with too. The Stand is an amazing story. The Stand is a good story, right? Yeah. So you got good subject matter, right? And I, I just keep looking at the TV movie. Okay. The TV movie is still the biggest TV event of all time in terms of movies mm-hmm. to this day. And if you watch it now, it's like it's really dated and needs updated. And you could tell that they were really taking on a lot trying to oh, do yeah. this. You know it's what really I mean? Dated. And it like they, it was a huge undertaking to try to fit that big ass story into a TV movie, a four part miniseries. Because I could tell that even watching, I watched it recently. This is not even a year ago, and um, it it even the char- in a four hour fucking movie, like the character development still wasn't there. Because mm-hmm. they didn't have time to properly develop the characters and and you know uh, the means to properly develop the characters and stuff like that. Um, there was a lot of things wrong with it, but it's still pretty damn epic for a TV movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think big budgeting this thing. Oh man, I'm actually really pumped for this, and I have a feeling that this is going to do really, really well. Got to get those right people in there, man. You know yeah, what? Which I, I just made it. I just made a conscious conscious decision right now. If Clint Howard doesn't have any type of part in this in this uh, uh, in these four movies, I'm not watching it. Mm. I have I have no idea why. Okay. <laughs> Clint Howard. Um, but no, I mean, well, he says right there, like uh, we're you know talking to people that is the cast is going to blow people's minds. I mean, yeah, that's... that's you. That's not really like I mean, blowing people's minds. That's really selling it. Mm-hmm. He's not just saying we got like really good people involved. He's saying we'll blow people's minds. Of course, he is the writer, but I mean, I, I don't know. I'm excited for this. I, the more like this is probably the perfect film to be remade, in my opinion. Yeah, we've talked about this many times. It, it was a perfect candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, that one was so dated, the old TV movie. But you know, I like I said, this one really comes down to who you're going to put in this film. And if he's already talking about blowing people's minds with the cast, it's a good start. Yep. Really good start. Yep. So uh, after that, that is all for the like main news. Now we have uh, DVD announcements. That was short. <laughs> yep. Uh, the Beyond, uh, Grindhouse releasing, yeah. uh, is proud to announce uh, the full specs on Fauci's The Beyond, which I've never seen. Uh, so there's tons of features on this thing. It's three uh, discs, right? It is three discs with glow-in-the-dark artwork housing two blu-rays and one bonus cd uh with uh fabio fritzy soundtrack remastered from the original studio tapes uh tons of bonus stuff uh of course you can find the full listing of that on uh grindhouse releasing's website um you can pre-order right now from dvddiabolic.com uh, or diabolicdvd.com and you get Lucio Falci's Cat in the Brain for a special release pr- reduced price. Uh, so head over to the Diabolic DVD and, and pick up uh, and pre-order the Beyond if you would like DVD that. Diabolic, that made me Yeah, laugh. shut up. <laughs> I'm so st- – oh, man, so awesome. I always get stoked whenever I hear about another edition of the Beyond. Yeah. <laughs> then I just said to myself, I'm like, do I – you know, do I, I really need, another need another edition one. of the Beyond? Of course I do. The yeah, Beyonds. but glow in the dark artwork, dude. No, I, I don't think so I've cool. seen that before. That's actually a pretty simple idea that that yeah. is cool. Grindhouse yeah, is killing it with the releases right now. Yeah, I just got the swimmer, man. <clears throat> oh yeah. Gotta watch that shit still. 
Yeah, every release that they put out is just fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this. It's gonna be awesome. Really yeah. cool stuff. Uh, after that, we have uh, "Don't Look Now" is getting a Criterion release. Uh, this is oh, did I did I say when um, the Beyond was coming out? That's coming out February 10th of 2015. Just letting you yeah. guys know. Uh, but "Don't Look Now" is uh, getting a Criterion Blu-ray. Uh, it's coming out February 10th. I've actually don't know anything about this film. Really? Um, it's an occult. Yeah. It's a possession film, right? Moods. Um, I stand corrected. I remember. A, I remember reading about it in one of my sections this semester. My. It's been so long since I've seen it, man. Oh, God, it's been so many years since I've seen the movie. Yeah, I swore it's, it was. I swore it was an occult film, but I'm not sure. Um, it says plays a married couple on an extended trip to Venice following a family tragedy. While in a elegantly decaying city, they have a series of inexplicable, terrifying, and increasingly mm-hmm. dangerous experiences. Yeah, it's an occult film. Yeah, I remember Don, Donald Sutherland being in it. And yeah, yeah. Being really good and stuff. So I, I fucking need to check that one out. But that's pretty cool. Criterion's releasing that awesome stuff. I hear it has one of the better endings in horror history. Um, man, I gotta watch that movie again. <laughs> it's been so long, but yeah, Criterion right. always does good. Yep, yep, I'm a fan. Yes. And uh, next up, we have Big Driver. This is a film I talked about uh, recently. I can't. Re- I think believe it was on episode thirty. Uh, I think I gave it like a six point five out of ten. This is a Stephen King film uh, made for the Lifetime Network. Uh, it's hitting DVD. Uh, and digital January 27th from Lionsgate Home Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So is this going to be like the TV cut of the film or is this going to be like a director's it, cut? I, I, I have a feeling there's only a TV cut that exists. Like okay. I don't think that there was like, – like I said, um, the, the violence was as much as you could expect from a TV cut or a TV film. Um, in terms of the actual rape, um, mm-hmm. I felt like the revenge was lacking. And that's what kind of – I thought that the, the rape actually was effective. The revenge just I, I felt like was tame, which is not well, it the was way like, it was like it TV. Be. It was like TV revenge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, so um, – but I still recommend grabbing Big Driver if you can find it, you know, for uh, five to seven bucks – uh, on DVD or whatever, it, it, it's it's all right, you know. Like it, it's a lifetime movie, guys. But I, I thought that it was all right. <laughs> um, and I I still can't get over that man. That yeah, right. That is so weird. On the, on the lifetime. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, after that, we have Fear Clinic. I guess this was originally a web series um, dealing with different phobias and stuff like that. Uh, it's a Robert Hall film. Now I don't know if that's the same Rob Robert Hall, the effects guy who did um, the Chrome Skull films or not. It could be a different guy, uh, but this is going to be released on DVD in 2015, uh, February 10th, uh, courtesy of Anchor Bay DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, it made its uh, debut at Screamfest. Um, stars Robert England, uh, Fiona Duruf, who. Uh, is pretty awesome. I actually really like Taron Curse of Chucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, daughter of Brad Dourif. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds all right. Uh, 
So check out Fear Clinic when that comes out. Cool. Uh, and finally, we have Wreck 4. Was nice. picked up by Magnet. Uh, this is, of course, the fourth film in the popular Wreck series. Uh, this one's subtitled Apocalypse. Nice. And uh, what, did you, what, what did you guys think of Part 3? I have not um, seen any of them. I thought it was all right. I, I reviewed it on the show. Yeah, I, I actually... Did you? Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. You did. Um, fuck, I don't remember that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I actually... Did. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the wedding I, scene... Like, the wedding uh, setting was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see... I love I, all I, those I, films. I, I really wanted... I think that that would be a good series to do on the show maybe one day, because maybe when the fourth one comes out... It is a strong, I mean, it's a good start. You know, the first three films, in my opinion, yeah. are really, the first two are just fantastic. Yeah, they're amazing. They're really, really good films. Yeah, so I heard the third one kind of went more towards a, like, comedic tone. Um, is, is that true? It definitely is a lot different. Yeah. yeah. Let's just put it so that way. I hear this fourth one is going to be the final film, you know, supposedly. Uh, and I believe the original... Uh, is it called the final chapter? <laughs> <laughs> the original co-director of the first two films came back to do the fourth one um and he said that uh i think they're going away from the comedy horror and it's going to be more like the original two uh and magnet will be releasing that uh on demand january 2nd 2015 probably dvd after that some po- at some point and jeremy actually rated wreck three Genesis a six point five on episode number six. That's what I thought. Oh, episode six. That makes sense now. <laughs> Holy crap, that's a long time ago. Okay. Cool. That's all the news. That is all the news bad. You really were right. There is not a lot. Oh, actually there's that that other thing. Um our homie Lost Witch is releasing a VHS of gutter balls. Yeah, man. Yeah. Moving on up. Edition. Yeah. So what um, exactly does do you get with the uh, this release? Because uh, I said, you know I was, what, man, I, was, I would I love to hoping... actually sit down and talk with him a little bit to really find out what he's doing. Because I'm I'm kind of a little confused on the whole process of what he's actually doing. I think he's releasing VHS editions, but yeah. I guess this comes with a bonus DVD that will be uh, compiled of content submitted by fans of the film. So uh, I'll definitely leave the um, email where you can send submissions to different. Uh, you know, stories or opinions on gutter balls or whatever you have to offer, uh, and you know, make the DVD cut. I guess maybe our show will make the cut. Yeah, we're actually going to be home. doing uh, a, a gutter ball show. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that's that timing of that news was really interesting since we had that episode planned. That is kind of interesting. Forever. Yeah. That's next, next week's week. episode, isn't it? Yeah. I talked. You know, I, I brought up Ryan Nicholson in the beginning of the show and. You know this news about the VHS release, and we're actually doing those show, uh, movies next week. So, mm-hmm. pretty interesting timing, I gotta say. Yeah, Rand. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that is all the news. Yeah, not a lot of news this week. Yeah, um, it's pretty short. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, actually. Usually, the, the the news goes what 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, it's usually sometimes an hour 25. Man. <laughs> So crazy, so crazy. Alrighty, so getting into mood swings here. Um, and we've got the November 25th, 2014 DVD and Blu-ray releases. And I gotta say, guys, there's really not a lot this week at all. It's very, very scrawny. It is. 
on the releases this week. It's actually pretty crazy. Um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it'll pick up in December, I guess. But uh, first up here from Blue Underground, we've got the brand new Blu-ray release of Shockwaves uh, on Blu-ray. And you can also get it on Special Edition DVD also. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what the transfer looks like on Shockwaves because I got to say, I think the Shockwaves regular standard DVD um, transfer is actually probably one of Blue Underground's worst ones. So this is interesting that they're, you know, doing a uh, Blu-ray release for this one. But Shockwaves, really fun film. Um, interesting thing about Shockwaves, it's actually rated PG. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's is funny. It? It's a Nazi zombie movie, right? Yeah, it is a Nazi zombie film, I think, from 77 or something like that. But I think that there is a story behind why this movie ended up getting a PG rating or something. I, I can't remember the whole de- – I was reading it one time in uh, Room Org magazine. There was like a write-up on it. And it, it kind of like slipped by the censor board. I don't know. And they ended up giving like a PG rating, <laughs> which, which it kind of shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. You know? But uh, I don't it's know. i got to look up that story. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a film called Phobia. And it basically kind of has a cover like Dario Argento's opera. I'm kind of looking at this thing, but yeah, you know, I actually like the cover, and I am interested in the film. It, it, like, it looks Indian stuff, but I mean, mm. uh, it actually looks all right. Yeah, it's released by uh, Image, so uh, you know, it could be hit and miss. <laughs> Image is very hit and miss, but I, I like the cover. I'm kind of digging it. Interesting. Nice. Uh, next up here, we've got uh, the Mystery Science Theater. What? Which one is this one? Thirty-one Collector's Edition tin. Man, now seriously, do you own any of those? They're expensive no. as shit, man. Yeah, dude, this one's going for fifty-eight bucks. So <laughs> that's Shout Factory. Yep. Oh, is it Shout Factory? Oh, yeah, man. they do all those. They do all those. Man, so crazy. They're so mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah, yeah, they're so. But you know what? People buy those. Like, I, I know there's like people that really love that. That, uh, I would love them too if they weren't so fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah and some of them are really out of print and stuff now too. So yeah, good yeah. luck trying to get that collection. That yeah. probably is one of the more expensive collections to go after. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, fuck. If there's 31 of these releases already, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, how that, do you guys? Uh, like, do you like that stuff? What, uh, is, like, yeah, it's funny. Much? I I really enjoyed. I haven't watched it like in a long time. Um, and I own none of them. I own absolutely yeah, none me of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other, but I do know that back in the day on the Sci-Fi Channel, back when the Sci-Fi Channel used to be good, we, you know, I always talk about that. Um, they used to have uh, Mystery Science Theater on all the time, and I didn't get it back then. I didn't like; I was too young to really understand it. But I did remember. I think I caught like Squirm on there at one point, and I was like, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, even with them talking on it, uh, you so, get bootlegs of them, but yeah, it's like. I, they're not that good of a quality, but like I've seen like complete collections before, but yeah, yeah. Uh, next up from Scorpion Releasings, we've got uh, the remake of Mosque of Mosque of Red Death. Uh, this is also yeah, that was being remade, yeah. Um, produced by Roger Corman, I guess. Um, of course, he you know did the first one too. Um, yeah, I've never I've never actually seen this this new version of this at all. Um, I don't really know a lot about it, to be honest. It kind of came out of nowhere for me. But mm-hmm. anyways, Mosca Red Death. Uh, then we got a movie called Wake the Witch. Yeah. Mm. A Forest Conjuring. <laughs> oh, man. Is that it's is like, that really the subtitle? Yeah. A Forest My God. Conjuring. Yeah. That is oh, absolutely man. terrible. Man, That's like Forest of the Living Dead that's at Walmart. 
This movie's, <laughs> this movie's going for eight ninety nine on Amazon.com. New. Brand new. Like, just spanking brand new. Just Holy came out. fuck. Man, the running time on this motherfucker is 114 minutes. Yep, I've you seen You know some it's bad ones. already. Anytime yep. the running time <laughs> on, like, an indie film is over 90 minutes, it, chances are they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, man. Jesus. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. It looks pretty... I don't know. Who knows? But, uh... This next one I'm actually interested in. I have it on pre-order, but we'll see if I actually get it shipped to me. You know, how that fucking goes. Um, we've got a movie called Night Terrors. Night Terrors! Night Terrors! Um, That's a Joe Lynch thing. <laughs> yeah. The Return of VHS Horror. I'm Ooh. assuming that this is a, um, uh, like, anthology-type film, I want to say. And it's being released by Camp Motion Pictures, which is interesting. And it says hardcore on the gore from wickedchannel.com. I'm not 100% if it is an anthology film. It just kind of seems like it is one, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's got Santa Claus on the cover, and he's, you know, he's got a fucking skull in his hand, so. Yeah, it's like a crystal ball skull. Crystal ball skull. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. It does actually look really awesome. And I'll tell you right now, filmmakers out there. If any of you instantly want to sell some of your horror fil- films, make them Christmas-themed because there's people out there like Moods who will buy any single Christmas-themed horror film that comes out. I really, really do. I love Christmas-themed horror Me films. <laughs> uh, next up here, we got a, a film called The Muse. Um, and I don't think this is... It looks slightly ghostly. It Jason Mewes. I know. I was going to say, this one doesn't have Jason Mewes in it. <laughs> uh, I don't know who it's released by. It says 1-800-PRIME-CD again, so we all know that's not real. Yeah, not real. Uh, but it does kind of look ghostly a little bit, so I don't know. It looks all right. The reviews on Amazon are good. Really? Yeah. Crazy. Um, and then I... I think that's pretty much it for what I've got here. Uh, I know that there's all this Tuesday, um, Nymphomaniac, the director's cut is coming out this Tuesday. If anyone's interested in that, uh, yeah. What does it have an extra 90 minutes? Yeah. It's five and a half hours. It's an extra whole film added to it. It's an extra whole film. Fucking crazy. More dick and vagina. Nice. 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 And you know what? That is going to do it for the releases unless JP, well, you probably don't have any more. Do you? No, we found out. (laughs) before the show that I didn't but um I you know something that is happening is black by the next time I'm here black friday will have happened and hopefully I will have a bunch of new stuff to add to my collection nice. I don't think so this black friday seems pretty shitty it does it does remember last year with like fox connect and like all those different sales we's hitting up man it yeah, was fox, dope fox connect was pretty dope I didn't get anything so hastings doesn't have any good sales this year uh, they have 40% off $40 or more. That's about it. But I thought that that sale is only if you do that, then they'll send you a coupon code to use 40% off or more like later or 40% off later. Well, that sounds like shit. That does not sound very cool. Yeah, not at all. Alrighty, so moving along with Mood Swings here, we're going to get into the uh, Q&A portion of the show. Uh, we're going to start off this, uh, this portion with... Um, or this segment with a voicemail that was sent to us. JP? Hey, guys. This is Brandon calling from the Facebook page. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Um, Hopefully you're getting this message. Um, Top five list for you guys this week. How about top five unsettling films? 
And the way I comprised my list was I went through my personal list of movies that I loved, but I do not own and do not want to own because I will probably never watch again because they bother me that much. So let's start with a recent film, top number five, 2013's The Den. Very unsettling film, loved it. The ending is just highly disturbing and really just left a bad feeling with me. Um, Definitely something I could see being on the news one day. Um, Number four, Red, White, and Blue from 2010. This one's about a HIV-infected woman who decides to infect as many men as possible and the repercussions it has when she infects a military man and a man taking care of his dying mother. Very, very unsettling. Uh, Number three, Eden Lake. Even though this stars Michael Fassbender and Kelly Riley, I believe it is, um, two well-known stars, still one of those endings where just pissed me off. I really wanted to just get in there, and it just stuck with me for a long time. Number two, Funny Games. Really, um, any Michael Haneke film uh, is unsettling. Um, but this one by far just not an easy watch. And number one, 1983 made-for-TV movie called The Day After. About a, um, a fictional account of what a uh, nuclear holocaust would do to a small town in eastern Kansas. And uh, just depressing from start to finish. And this movie really messed me up as a child. So, um, yeah, that's my top five list. Uh, interested to hear what you guys have to say. Hopefully uh, you've seen some of these films and uh, comment on them. I'm sure you have. Uh, looking forward to it. Keep up the good work, guys. Take care. Okay, so that was a voicemail from Brandon. First of all, i got to say thank you for the voicemail. I would love to see you guys uh, send voicemails similar to that one. Um, ask us a question, something like that. Thought that That's one was a really, really awesome well put together. Man. Yeah, I, I was really happy when I heard that. I, I, I heard it at work, and I was like, "Oh, that's awesome." Uh, but Brandon wants to know our uh, uh, top five. Uh, what, what word did he use? Uh, top five films. Unsettling. That, yeah, unsettling. Unsettling. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was disturbing or unsettling. Yeah, kind of similar thing. words. Yeah. yeah uh, but he listed off some great ones. The Den. That's that's a good choice. You know, that's a newer one. And the more I think about it, it definitely did kind of uh, get under my skin a little bit, especially the end. And we've well, talked about that a few times on this show. Yeah, like you know, when he brought it up, I was just like, oh. it just it got me thinking about it again because when I first watched The Den, I even mentioned on the cast that it stuck with me like all week. I kept thinking about that ending. Yeah, it's very unsettling even, because even, it's just so brutal, man. Yeah. You're like, oh god. Even yeah. last week at dinner, I was like, somebody brought that movie up. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Like a non horror mm-hmm. fan was talking about it, how they watched it on Netflix and how they thought it was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know what's mm-hmm. cool? I, if you you know that's a movie that did really well on Netflix apparently, um, and you know awesome that the director you know hopefully gets some deals off of this because I, I like I said I enjoyed it, but uh, some people at work were even talking about that film. Um, I I only gave it a seven out of ten, but Moods came in high with an eight point five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I actually had a buddy. He um 
asked me about a month ago, I think it was roughly a month ago, he asked me um, to recommend him some films that were on Netflix. And I told, I said, you know, check out The Den, I know that's on there. And he got back to me right away, and he's like, dude, that movie was fucking awesome. So, and he's not really the hugest, mm-hmm. like, horror fan. So, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, those type of movies do have a pretty broad audience, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. appeal, so... Also, he uh, mentioned Red, White, and Blue, which is another IFC Midnight, and I've never seen that one, but you guys say it's pretty awesome, right? I haven't seen it. It's one I oh. actually still need. Fuck, man. That movie is brutal, man. That's all I got to say. It's a, like I said, that's a really good choice. Brandon, awesome, awesome flick, man. And and when you watch it, you'll understand why he has it on his list. And you know what? It's when nasty. he was describing it, I was thinking of like kids, and I was like, um, you know, just the basic, simple concept. Well, yeah, yeah. It's so fucking scary, you know, just, you know, the whole AIDS thing and just mm-hmm. infecting people on purpose. Oh, fuck, man. Yeah, that it's, sounds yeah, fucked up. It yeah, is fucked, yeah. man. That's some definitely dark subject matter. But instantly when I was listening to that voicemail at work, um, I was like, I'm about to buy this right now. I, I didn't have a chance to check the pricing on that on that one. But, Jeremy, I, I figure you would know. Um, It's a semi-easy one to find. You're probably going to end up paying around eight dollars plus shipping for it. i'm good with that i'm gonna buy that one purely off of brandon's recommendation there because uh sounds pretty damn awesome if you want to wait there's one left on second spin that's 5.95 oh wow fuck there's one on second spin there's Mother- one left i missed that i'm waiting for the sale to fucking buy it damn, <laughs> i'm waiting I just, I just did like a little order i ordered about seven or eight things and i what damn i missed that is I need there a, a sale on second spin no Oh. Not right now. Uh, then he mentioned Eden Lake, which was actually one of my uh, pick of the week way back in episode three. I gave that one a nine out of ten. I was blown away by that film. That one was an awesome one. Episode yeah. three. Holy yeah. shit, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then he says funny games. And uh, the last one, which was the day after. This is a TV movie that sounds absolutely disturbing and depressing. I yeah. I got to see this film somehow. I've actually have heard about this one before. It seemed like one of those uh, films that are often bootlegged. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think it has a, a regular release. So, yeah, I got to check this out. I've heard of it, too. And just it's pretty interesting, though, to have like your most unsettling flick. You know, uh, you know, it was a TV film. That's pretty yeah, interesting. That you know, having a TV film in your mind, that's very interesting. So yeah, yeah. Really makes me want to see that now. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, so you guys want to hop into your lists? Uh, show. Show. Yeah, sure. I can go. Um, top five unsettling films. And there's quite a bit um, mm-hmm. out there. You know, I pick these ones for I guess no I'm obviously that they're unsettling but basically the first ones that came to my mind uh don't deliver us from evil uh from 1971 I talked about this one on I'm sure JP knows what episode he's ringing off I actually like, do. like he it's actually episode knows episode 25 uh you <laughs> rated an 8 out of 10 <laughs> you're on top of your shit fool. damn that is amazing uh but yeah if you want to hear more about that film go to that episode <laughs> and uh don't deliver us from evil. It's it's nasty. Um, next one up here, number four is Irreversible. Uh, everyone knows about this movie. It just the is fucking, that a Criterion? Uh, no, oh. no. Um, it should be a Criterion though. That would be fucking amazing. Uh, Irreversible is a really fucked up film, yeah. but it's just the rape scene in that film is just so unnerving. Mm, that's why I heard of it before that. I know it's a fucked up like, thing to yeah. say, but it's definitely the best rape film. 
this yeah. this decade so far or the, this century the fucking the structure of that movie's fantastic it's amazing it's basically it's, it's a beautifully shot film too oh, i gotta mm. check this out it's yeah. really good really it is, good it's a really good film but for the people out there that don't know, it is a French film, so yeah. you're going to have to read it. <laughs> uh, speaking great. of French films, um, number three here, we got Martyrs. Uh, the first time I watched Martyrs, I was like, movie's so hard to watch, man. Really? I, I, yeah, I don't you know. I find that film disturbing, man. Really? I just, uh, fuck, I find it, it grits on me, man, uh-huh. when I watch it. And it's just, it's unnerving and it's like, I don't know. There's something about it. It's not it's a good movie i just can't watch that movie over and over again it's just mm-hmm. it's it's it feels like it's a marathon every time i'm watching that movie see i just, I, I find it interesting mm-hmm. it's broken well, up into three parts so it's like yeah it, really totally, totally we still totally. want to do our fab five show one day maybe it's got a, it's got a really cool structure to that yeah. film yeah really cool it's got a day on my paper too mm-hmm. nice uh number two which brandon had in, in his list which was uh Eden lake um Enough said, man. The movie's fucked up. Yeah. It's awesome. It's the a great just, movie. The ending just blows my fucking mind. It's just nasty. Mm-hmm. Eden Lake and, is one of those films that I go to for recommendations. When somebody's like, oh, man, what's what's really good to watch that I haven't seen? Eden Lake. I, that's my go-to recommendation for everybody. You know what mine is? What? Oddly enough, is Gutter Balls. Yeah, me too. Yeah? I always tell people to watch Gutter Balls. Because yep, I'm too. like, if you can get through Gutter Balls and you really like it, you're going to love it. Uh, all these other movies I'm going to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like your test run when you meet new people, huh? <laughs> no, totally. And, we'll talk about uh, that next week. Yeah. Um, and number one is, of course, I've mentioned this many, many times, and that is The Girl Next Door. <laughs> it's the setting. Yeah. The setting in that movie just disturbs mm-hmm. the shit out of me, man. Mm-hmm. White picket fences and every, you know, yep. American family. Fuck. It's a facade. Yeah. So... Uh, I guess I'll go next. Oh, uh, I'm gonna go last. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, my number five is um, I'm, these aren't necessarily in order. Towards the bottom of the list, it's more in order. Uh, the Human Centipede. Honestly, yeah, I know Jeremy, you think it's overrated and stuff, but this one actually really, really made me unsettled when I first watched it. I watched it with a friend, and I knew nothing about it. It really got to me. And I will say, as time went on and I revisited it, it has a less of an effect on me but that first time man i remember that night very clearly uh number f- what what are you guys laughing at i just asked a mouth man yeah <laughs> just wait till the new one 600 person centipede i still uh-huh. think my i still think my my favorite part in that movie though is when the asian guy the you know the head on the centipede <laughs> he kind of looks behind him and he's like i'm so sorry yeah, yeah that's what was <laughs> the most disturbing part for me the uh, most unsettling so or whatever. i'm telling you man like that i thought that thing was so effective i thought the um, second one's a lot grosser than the first see one. but see that's the thing i didn't like about the second one though is because the first one to me wasn't about being gross it was just about being it wasn't well, like being, it was more about the idea the diabolical doctor yeah 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 you know, the second one to me had. seemed like um like oh like more uh over the top ish i don't know I haven't seen – I need to give that one a second shot. But anyway, number four is Bedeviled. Um, I believe this hmm. was a South Korean film. Uh, man, this one's really messed up. Uh, I had a hard time watching it. It was just – it was depressing as hell to me. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'll ever revisit uh, Bedeviled. It's, like, it's just like a fucking revenge film really. Yeah. but You know, I love that though. That's a good – it's a good film. That's a good pick. Yeah. Uh, number three, uh, this might not be horror, but man, when I first seen this as you know a youngster, uh, it really got to me, and that is uh, Deliverance. 
Nice. Um, number now two. Now rape revenge film. <laughs> yeah. Number two is uh, the original I Spit on Your Grave. And, you know, the the other week I uh, I kind of called uh, Jeremy's classmates pussies for <laughs> walking out on this film. But you know what, man? It is some intense stuff. And yeah. the thing is, I wasn't really talking about them walking out. Obviously, you know, it's not for everybody and some people legitimately don't want to be around it. But my thing was they were complaining and up in arms about it. It's like, just go away from it if you don't want to see it or whatever, you know? Um, but yeah. Uh, and my number one is the same as Moods. Girl Next Door. By far the most, yeah. uh, probably the most intense feeling I've ever got watching anything so <laughs> Me far. <too>. Me too. <laughs> just Me too. all different kinds of emotions running through my head. I've still only watched that film once. I don't even Me know too. if I could handle to watch it again. Absolutely. I would be curious to know if Brandon has seen The Girl Next Door. Yeah. Because if that didn't make his list, then mm-hmm. I have a feeling he didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a pretty tough one to leave off. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say the Snowtown Murders was pretty unsettling, but I don't really like the movie. Hate that film. Absolutely hate that film. That movie is so fucking overrated. Yeah, I remember all the hype, it. and everyone's like, "The Snowtown Murders is fucking awesome." So hate I checked it film. out, and I thought I was actually fucking bored. Yeah, I hate. Wasn't that it film. unsettling a little bit though? Yeah, it was I mean, so long know, the, and boring. I mean, the part when you know the brother rapes his yeah. younger brother, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there, there's parts that are yeah, it's like, but. You know, it has to have a little more substance. It's just everything else is just them eating. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I remember you mentioned that on my review back on episode six. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, um, yeah, I don't really like the Snowtown Murders, but I thought it was pretty unsettling. And uh, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. What's your list? Okay, Uh, number five. I have um, a film called Trust. It's not really a horror film, but it stars Clive Owen, and it's about this girl who gets kidnapped and raped by an online predator online. It's pretty hard to watch. And, um, yeah, it sounds it's terrible. Like Clive, Clive Owen as a father trying to recap and find the guy that you know did this to his daughter. It's a pretty hard film to watch. And, um, it's not too much horror, but it, it's, it was a hard one. Uh, number four... I have Enter the Void, um, a really weird movie, and a you know another one that's if you're not uh, if you don't know Gaspar Noe and his style of filmmaking, you're probably it's probably not for you. But um, if you liked the uncomfortableness of Irreversible and I Stand Alone, which I I hate that film, um, I think you will like Enter the Void. Uh, number three, I have The Divide. Um, it's a really depressing fucking post-apocalyptic film about seven people who have to take shelter in this basement and the whole film takes place in this basement downstairs in this mm. apartment building and it's just them losing their minds and it's just a really unsettling and so it's one of those contained horror films yeah yeah it made yeah. It, it made me squirm uh for sure for sure for sure like, i didn't know if to put this in number two or three but um i just put it at three uh number th- two i have compliance uh, I talked about this one, I think, maybe on the podcast. Uh, it's a true story. Uh, I you know I learned in psychology class and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, it's it's a very simple premise, but um, it's, it's definitely ex- it's executed perfectly. It's really executed well, and it's definitely a uh, a squirm fest. 
it, it's number- actually unbelievable when you're watching. You, yeah. I found myself getting so mad. I was like, oh, my God, how does this fucking happen? Yeah, I know. You know, it's just like you're shaking your head like throughout the whole movie going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. And number one, of course, The Girl Next Door. It's impossible for it not to be if you've seen it. Yep. Yep, yep. It's, that shows the testament of a film, man. You, you know how sometimes when like a, a new film comes out and everybody's like, it's the most disturbing thing I've ever seen. Like, like turns out, like that one actually was that film. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, JP, like, you said you've only watched it once. Yeah. Jeremy, how many times have you watched The Girl once. Next Door? Okay. That's all it takes, bud. There's, some, there's something seriously wrong with me then. <laughs> yes, there is. Because I've watched that movie like three or four times. Way back on Burial Grounds, we was going to do an episode called Are They Disturbing? And we had Girl Next Door, Martyrs, I believe it was Inside, and, and another film that I can't ma- remember. Maybe it was The Human Centipede. Um, but that was that, you know, I was going to watch it again, like like <laughs> not really that. wanting to yeah. but i was gonna be forced to watch it again it's one of those films that i look in my collection when i you know look down my shelves and i'm like i'm like i give it like just this look and i'm like i'm like i'm probably never gonna watch you again yeah. <laughs> but you're in there still like you're still in my collection i don't know why i still have you because i don't think i'm gonna put you in anytime soon uh nice yeah Great question, by the way, and great yeah. voicemail. Thank you a lot. And w- you know, now that you called in, we expect you to call in every week. So sorry. That you yeah, big ups to Brandon. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, cool. Thank you, buddy. Yes. So, want to get into some regular questions, non voicemail sure, yeah. related? All right. So uh, let's see. Where should we start? Let's start off with uh, Andrew French. Uh, he says. Uh, Let's see here. If you could choose one horror movie from the 80s to get a sequel, not a remake, to be made today, what would it be? Jeremy. Um, The Burning. I would love to see a sequel to The Burning. It never happened, but Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it could be a fun franchise to make a sequel to, for sure. Even though it's Friday the 13th ripoff before Friday the 13th came out. but um, It's not before Friday the 13th. What? The burning? the burning, the burning came out a year after. A year after. All yeah. right. Well, it would be fun to see a sequel to the burning. Shows you how much I know about my horror history. Yeah, because Tom Savini didn't do Friday Thirteenth Part Two because he did the burning. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, I put simply, and it, it's not only because I just actually reviewed this film the other day, but is it the blob? The blob. Uh, yeah. I thought I, of the Bob too. Man. I always wondered why they never made a sequel to that movie, because but, it sets it up perfectly for a sequel, and that movie's fucking brilliant. Why not have a sequel to it? I don't know. Yeah. I just want, I just want more Blob. You know, I mean, a selfish bastard, but I love mm-hmm. the Blob remake so good. See, I thought about doing the Blob too, but he said in the question to be to be made today, That's and fine. I don't want to see a Blob today because I know it'll be CGI heavy. Well, that is true. That is true. Yeah. So um, I, I couldn't really think of – you know, there were a few different ones. There was some some that like um, I w- like were had sequels and stuff, so I, I kind of stayed away from those ones. I, I decided to go with one uh, and then I changed it because of a reason. But I picked the thing at first. 
Uh, but I, I changed it because then I was like, wow, wait a minute. There was a prequel to the thing that just came out like a few years back that I totally forgot about. Yeah. Um, so I still would love to see Carpenter's original idea for a thing too, though, yeah, which he wanted to do. Um, so I decided to go with another Carpenter film, and that's Christine. I want to see a sequel to Christine today. Mm-hmm. Huh. I've seen the car in person. Yeah. Like the real Christine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a bunch of them. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so yeah, that that's what I picked. Uh, I think that, I think that would be pretty cool to see. I would actually like to see a prequel to Christine, though. I think there's a story there. At least you know your horror history, unlike me. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Yes. Uh, so next up, we have one from Derek. Uh, and he said... He was wondering if we knew any good horror films from the year 1986, the year he was born. Uh, he a wants lot. to check out. Um, hell yeah. Yeah, there's so many. <laughs> Chopping is, Mall. 86 is a great year, man. Chopping Mall. Critters. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Neon Fly. Maniacs. Witchboard. You'll Die no, at it, Midnight. There's in so all many. serious, though, if I want to just give like like a few recommendations that I say definitely see if you haven't. One, The Fly. You have to see The Fly if you've never seen it. Uh, two, this is one that is a little underseen in my opinion. It's House. I love House. The original House, man, that stuff is dope. Check out House. Um, Night of the Creeps is another one that's being seen more, but it was definitely underseen. Um, and then uh, the last one I'll go with is The Hitcher, man. Hitcher is classic shit, dude. Check out The Hitcher. Um, yeah, I mean, one of my favorite movies, Troma Classic, Class of Newcomb High. Fuck, you gotta check out that shit. Um, did Slaughter High get said? Nope. nope. Slaughter High. Uh, I'll second man, Slaughter High. There's some great kills in that one. I can't recommend Terror Vision enough from 86. <laughs> so fucking good. Zombie Nightmare. And of course, one film that I talk about all the fucking time is Killer Party. Killer Party from 1986 is fantastic. Uh, April Fool's Day, that's another really good one. Um, can't forget about uh, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond. And I don't know, Trick or Treat? Yeah. Troll? Um, Friday 6. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw 2. That's my Texas favorite Chainsaw. one from the year, probably. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. All great stuff. Yeah. Wes Craven's Deadly Friend. You can, you man, the eight, like, it's depressing when you look at the 80s because it's just like, there was so many good ones there. <laughs> oh, really? Like, 86 actually is a good year, man. Oh, yeah. Tons of good stuff that year. Yeah. But, you know, definitely the fly. Like JP said, man, that's something that, you know, mm-hmm. you just can't pass over. It's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So many heavy hitters from that year. Even even aliens. Yeah, I mean, if, when you look at like qual, you got quality like the Fly and the Hitcher. You got cheese like House uh, and Night of the Creeps. Then you got like extra cheesy like Chopping Mall and shit, dude. It's just oh man, it's so great. I'm just like smiling as I look at these titles. Um, <laughs> so uh, next up, Dylan asks us, uh, do you guys have a favorite horror movie that plays off of your personal fears? Example, say you have a fear of spiders, arachnophobia, or big ass spider. I love how he titled that too. Uh, ETC, uh, could be your favorite movie of that type. Uh, so yeah, what I, I thought this was a great question. Uh, Jeremy? Um, not really. Nothing. You don't have any fears? Are you serious? I thought you said you were scared of flying. 
Oh, flying. Well, I, I guess I'm. No, I'm afraid of flying. <laughs> I'm not scared of flying. But I, I'll, <laughs> I'll watch flying. I'll watch like altitude. It's not like I like altitude. Yeah. Um, I would have to say like I heights. Moods hates heights. I would. I would have to be heights. I know. Like that's probably my biggest fear. But I was thinking. I'm like, man, what kind of movies? deal with heights and for horror flicks and stuff um so then i i just i went with my other vertigo like, man yeah vertigo um not really a horror film it's more of a thriller yeah yeah um but you know the obvious choice for me was my fear of clowns i hate clowns man you won't like my new movie then oh man dude I, I don't know what it is about the it's the fucking painted on smile mm-hmm. that drives me nuts it's just so fucking it, Well, creepy. look at that, dude. That's a callback. The Painted on Smile is very similar to the Painted on Smile of the, of the 50s in The Girl Next Door, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's what it is. So so for the, you know, the a film that, you know, deals with clowns and stuff, I had to put stitches, even though it's like, yeah. you know, horror comedy. But I don't know how you didn't go with it. Yeah, it's, it's scarier than Stitches. It, it is the scariest clown movie ever made, and yeah. it's crazy to me that they, they often don't try to scare with clown movies uh, when it done it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of bad ones, so that, I think that's a yeah. thing. It really does stick up there, but Stitches was just the first one that came to my mind. Or, I I, I mean, I have to say 100 Tears. It's fantastic. So, Alright, um, so I went with... Uh, I had to actually do a little research and find out what the hell this would be called, but it's like clithrophobia. It's also similar to claustrophobia, but it's a bit different. Um, it's the fear of being trapped um, and contained, confined, isolation, survival horror. All these kind of fit in that, and uh, that that is the one that kind of does play on my fears a little. You wouldn't bit. like to fight then. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be trapped somewhere, and uh, but I also am very intrigued by it at the same time. But those are the type of films that. Uh, you know, play on my. I guess the closest thing that I would have to a phobia would be clithrophobia, which um, is uh, s- stuff like uh, being trapped. Um, examples: Frozen. That is that is one of my go-to's. Uh, Cube, The Mist, The Thing, Hunger, uh, Descent, Saw. All of these kind of uh, fall into that contained horror or isolation horror or uh, confined horror, whatever you want to call it. I like contained. That's the one I'm going to roll with. Um, but you know that 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 kind of just gets under my skin. I always wanted to see buried, but I'm a little bit too intimidated. Oh to yeah, buried, buried's a rough one. If you don't I'm like not really stuff. claustrophobic. It's more about being trapped. So yeah. Uh, but you know that would be s- scary as hell too. So <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't like to defy then. Yeah, I just talked about it. it's pretty. Well, I'm definitely gonna check it out then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I like that question. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zach, that was awesome. Zach asks us, uh, what are you guys' top five IFC Midnight recommendations for someone that doesn't own many of them? Oh, that's so a hard question. I figure I'll go first on this one since I really don't own many of them either. I've just recently started picking them up. Um, so I'm going to go with five in no order, and they're probably ones that you're pretty familiar with, Zach. Uh, the Den, uh, that's one that we talked about a lot. Uh, we definitely recommend that. Uh, Dead Snow, uh, you've probably seen that one, but that's one that I actually watch a lot. Uh, Human Centipede, probably seen that. Uh, Proxy is probably the the newest one that I would definitely recommend. That one's that one's fantastic, and of course Maniac for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a really really hard one. 
I was just kind of looking at the films and I was going, wow, you know, I could recommend, you know, just tons of these, but, uh, ones that I just came up with was grabbers, uh, talked That's about a solid the solid Yeah. Grabbers is so much fun, man. Um, I would have to recommend antiviral. I know JP isn't the biggest fan of it. I had that on the I list. gave it a seven it. out of 10. I had that on my list. I took it off because I figured we already talked about that one on episode two, actually. Yes. <laughs> antiviral. Uh, JP brought up proxy because that's like the newest one that I've watched that I really, really dug. Thought it was fantastic. Um, Byzantium, probably one of my favorite vampire films of the last, you know, the new millennium. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Maniac 2. Um, not Maniac 2, Maniac also. <laughs> uh, the remake, it's just, I mean, you, I don't know how you couldn't recommend someone pick that up because it's an IMC yeah. release. I mean, yeah. that was Fantastic. both of our number one films of, of last year. Oh, shit, here we go. <laughs> it was, though. <laughs> I believe we both came in at about 9.5s on that as well. <laughs> My turn? Yeah, you're the, you're the next one to go, oh, man. Well, I didn't know it was my turn. Um, <laughs> well, should I go next? Fuck you, JP. I was just asking if Moods was done, you asshole. Um, considering I have so many, it's hard to pick five that I would recommend that are my favorite. So I just picked five that I really like that you don't see people talk about too often. <laughs> Number five uh, is probably the most well-known one, uh, Would You Rather. Uh, it's an awesome film with Jeffrey Combs, who's a badass in it. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Yeah, um, he fucking he destroys that, that role, man. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, number four, I have an Australian film titled Coffin Rock. Um, this is a really awesome film. Um, I, I highly recommend it. It's kind of hard to talk about without giving too much away, but check it out. It's really good. It's a, it's one of the older ones, but highly recommend it. Uh, number three, I have In Their Skin, awesome home invasion film. I talked about it mm-hmm. a few episodes ago when we were talking about home invasion films. Um, awesome, fresh look at the home invasion subgenre that seems to be oversaturated right now. Uh, number two, uh, Black Haven. This is not one people talk about too often, but um, I, I talk about this quite frequently when people ask me about what IFCs I, I recommend the most. And uh, this is definitely one I would check out. Um, it's about like this uh, this guy and this, his girlfriend who finds this couple who is trying to commit suicide at the side of the road. And one of the, the guy succeeds and uh, the girl's still alive. And the main guy finds out that she's part of the society online that uh, glorifies suicide and things like that. It's a really interesting film. Uh, I recommend it. And number one, I have uh, Exam. Uh, it's I talked about this one also, uh, JP. If you know what episode, um, it's awesome. <laughs> you it, talked about Exam on episode <laughs> on episode number two. You gave it an eight out of ten. Thank you, thank you, young squire. Um, just it's awesome. It's basically a one place type of a film. Um, takes place in one setting, but I highly recommend Exam. So check it out. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's about 150 other ones, but those are the top five that I would recommend. Yeah, I totally expected Jeremy to come in and be like, "Well, I narrowed it down to 50." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could easily have like 20 if I like wanted to, like a Pisazium, or I could easily Pisantium. have one. Yeah, could easily have that one on there. Uh, I could easily have Antifiral, Maniac, 
mm-hmm. um, ATM at like the low, low, low end. Uh, dead hooker. Dead hooker in the trunk. The den uh, mm-hmm. grabbers, haunt haunter. There's so many solid mm-hmm. ones that aren't shitty. So there definitely those are, is. Those are five unknown ones that people don't really talk about too often. All right. Mm-hmm. So this next question is from John. Uh, and he, th- this one I'm actually not going to answer, guys, because like I said, I just I don't have enough reference material right now. But he says, "What are your top five Blu-rays you own? Not just the movie, but the whole package, like features and artwork." So he's basically saying, like, like what edition do you care for the most? Not just because of the movie. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. This okay. was hard too, but I think I was able to do it. Yeah. This was pretty hard i just you know came up with a list pretty quick but uh number five is the uh the father's day four disc <laughs> i have edition. that on my list too it's a fantastic edition yeah it's yeah. uh got the soundtrack and everything it's just great packaging awesome stuff um number four is the return to living dead steel book from the uk um it comes with the uh well, i mean the art on it. it's just fantastic but um it also comes with more brains the documentary is on there, but it's in high def too, which is really cool. Um, and then we got number three, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two edition from Arrow. Um, it's just ridiculous that that movie got that type of treatment. <laughs> it's just absolutely blows the fucking, you know, the shitty release that's in region one here away. It's so awesome. Comes with, uh, Toby Hooper's first couple, uh, films on it too. Uh, number two, I kind of cheated here, like I always do in these lists, but I put the Demons uh, Steel Books one and two. Um, they're both beautiful, fucking amazing from Synapse. Yeah, I'm gonna let you and, cheat on that one because those two do really go well together. Mm-hmm. And number one is my favorite. Can I guess? Piece in my entire collection now. Um, yeah, go ahead. The Possession. Yeah, Possession. <laughs> the Mondo Vision Possession. Uh, blu-ray set is fucking but it's just phenomenal they just outdid themselves with this it's so crazy nice like they put so much effort into it oh i'm so happy i got one of them but yeah i highly recommend that so me next well i guess so i'm the only fucking one (laughs) i said it again (laughs) oh man i'm like Um, delirious right now number five i have the phantom carriage Criterion release, awesome booklet and information. I've talked about that film to death lately. Favorite film ever, pretty much. Uh, number four, I have a film from 1915 and 1916. It's broken up into six parts, uh, it's, or nine parts actually. It's called Less Vampires. Um, it's a, of course, it's a silent film from uh, France, and it's put out by Kino. And it comes with a nice booklet and slipcase. Um, six and a half hours long, so you definitely need some time to watch it. But if you guys get a chance to sit down and pick up that edition put out by Kino, it's a really interesting, uh, extremely early uh, horror serial from 1915. Um, number three, uh, Evil Dead 2, Book of the Dead edition. Uh, if you can actually find one in good shape that's not shredded to shit, this is a really cool edition of Evil Dead 2 put out by Anchor Bay. Uh, number two, I have the Father's Day set that Moods just talked about. Um, that film's awesome. I love that film. And number one, um, Eyes Without a Face, released by Criterion. Uh, another awesome Criterion release and a pretty masterpiece quality film. 
that I highly recommend everybody sees if they get a chance because it's it's a really beautifully lit and shot film. So if you guys have not seen Eyes Without a Face and you have one film to buy during this Criterion sale, that is one to pick up because it's truly amazing. Mm-hmm. Awesome, nice. awesome. Uh, next up, Joey asks us, uh, this is an interesting question. He said, if you had to pick one series to never exist, gun to your head, which one would you pick? Halloween, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or Nightmare on Elm Street? So we actually had to pick one of those four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I picked Texas Chainsaw. Sorry, Doofy. Sorry. Uh, I yeah. like all the other ones too much. Man, it is that is a really, really hard question, man. Uh, well, I it obviously can't be Nightmare on Elm Street for me because it's my favorite franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really fucking hard. Um, I would have to go with TCM also. Yes! Oh my god, guys. You guys are killing me. Well, we don't want to watch Texas Chainsaw 3D again, JP. Mm, why? I, just, <laughs> I love... I don't know, man. Like, as a franchise whole, like, I would just prefer to watch the other three yeah me too mm. i'm they're not excluding bad. obviously yeah part of them itself yeah you know it's an amazing film but as a whole franchise i think i prefer if i you know got into my head i would take the other three yeah so you know i kind of thought about this question like more than we probably should have but uh so i was thinking of it like okay if halloween never existed then friday the 13th might never exist right um so I was like, do I pick Halloween? Because, like, then it would, like, you know, the one of the, you know, most influential slashers of all time would be gone. Uh, and then TCM, it's like, well, the best horror film of all time would be gone. And then Elm Street, it's like, well, one of the most iconic killers of all time would be gone. So I was, like, really frustrated with this question. Um Gun to my head, I'm going to go Halloween. I just have uh, a disconnect with that franchise over the other f- three. Um, mm-hmm. It is growing on me over the years, and I do really, you know, we just talked about those films to death, but the original is such a classic. But, man, I just love the Friday 13th series, the Elm Street series, and Chainsaw Man 1 and 2, I couldn't live without. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Halloween. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> All right, and uh, the last question here is from Paul Henderson, and he asked each of us a separate question. Uh, he wants to know Moods' is top five giallos made after 1990. Oh, that's hard. Uh, he yeah, wants to ask really me what my top five favorite hillbilly horror is because I mentioned those uh, hillbilly horrors two weeks back. And then uh, Jeremy, top five uh, art house uh, horror films. Doesn't that just sound like a great show title? Hey, yeah. we're doing a whole episode on hillbilly horror. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that, that actually might get written down. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Um, so who wants to go first? Um, yeah, I, I'll go. Um, I kind of cheated on this list a little bit. Like 19... <laughs> Giallo's after... Giallos after 1990 are pretty yeah. scarce. It's yeah. pretty rare, you know, and even to find good ones too, it's pretty rare. Um, but there's one movie here um, on my list I haven't seen yet. <laughs> that's why I'm kind of cheating. But it's a movie that's been recommended to me over and over again. I just haven't been able to find a copy or whatever. I just haven't gotten around to it or whatever. But um, it's pretty new. I think it's from 2011 or 12, and it's a film called Yellow. Have you heard of this one, Jeremy? Yeah, no, I have. 
Okay, yeah, but I've, I've been recommended it by lots of people, and they're like, yeah, you'd really like it, so I'm assuming it's really good, so I'm kind of cheating here. Uh, number four, this one is kind of semi um, giallo-ish, like, Jeremy knows exactly what I'm talking about, but it's Amir. Yeah. Amir. Um, it, it has those type of elements. It's really weird. It's more Only artsy, the last but, section of it, but... Yeah, um, yeah, but it's really artsy, but I do really highly recommend that film. It's really Didn't good. Didn't you all just talk about that film? Last, mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Yeah. Episode uh, 31. Yeah, 8.5 <laughs> from both ends. <laughs> uh, number three here oh. is Lamberto Bava's uh, film from 1993. Uh, it's called Body Puzzle. Uh, pretty interesting giallo uh, that's been released by Raro Video on DV. Um, a very, very underrated film, actually. No one ever talks about that movie. Uh, number two, it was um, Dario Gento's Sleepless. Um, I'm a really big fan of this movie. I know it kind of gets mixed opinions from people. And you don't have stuff. Argento's Giallo in there? Come on, man. That's a masterpiece. God. Oh, ugh. fuck. That film's terrible. That movie is bad. And number one is the film. I think that, I believe this is a German film, and it's called Tulpa. Um, it's really, really fucking good. So, And it's spelled T-U-L-P-A. Uh, I believe Diabolic DVD has... Um, editions of this it's really expensive though um it's really hard to find but uh check it out it's awesome really good film awesome but yeah i gotta say that was a really hard question man <laughs> top five giallos <laughs> after 1990 i was like oh, shit <laughs> how am i gonna do this uh yeah but i hope that helps uh i guess i'll go um top five hillbilly horror i kind of went with the whole backwoods in general um hillbilly backwoods sort of similar uh number five i go with hills have eyes and i cheated i went with the original and the remake because god damn it those things are awesome yeah they're good uh number four i spit on your grave uh those yeah. are as hillbilly as they get oh, uh yeah. <laughs> number three uh house of a thousand corpses i think kind of fits in that one hey eh? I guess so. I guess so. Uh, number two, Wrong Turn. And I think Wrong Turn is actually the best example of, you know, hillbilly horror. Uh, and uh, number one, of course, is uh, Texas Chainsaw 1 and 2. Nice. Nice. So my question was top five art house films. I watch a lot of these. So I tried – I just went down my collection and I tried to pick – or think of ones that I've watched. So number five, I have Trouble Every Day, directed by Claire Denise. Um, awesome, awesome film that doesn't really get talked about too much, but it's really an awesome film. That's the French one, right? Yeah. Man, I need to get that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, number four, Bergman's Hour of the Wolf. Um, awesome Bergman film. If you guys don't know who Bergman is, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast or like movies at all because he's probably one of the most influential directors who has ever lived on this planet. Ah, uh, Seven Seal. Yeah. So uh, number three, uh, Amir, like Moods just said, awesome uh, art house type of film. Number two, Herzog's Nosferatu, The Vampire. Um, awesome remake it's this fantastic i highly 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 recommend that i really want to get that scream factory blu-ray uh, i don't know why you didn't grab it when it was uh you know like 10 bucks yeah yeah and number one eyes without a face from 1960 that i just talked about mm-hmm. the film is a masterpiece um definitely considered maybe what the top 10 films that i've 
one of the best top ten films I've ever seen. So, um, nineteen sixty, a very fantastic year for the horror genre in general, with Psycho, Peeping Tom, and Eyes Without a Face all coming out in the year nineteen sixty. So, a huge turning point for the horror genre in general, mm-hmm. starting out the sixties. So. Like I said, if you guys haven't seen Eyes Without a Face, it comes with my highest, highest recommendation. So check it out. Uh, it's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Great. Q? A lot of questions this week. Keep them coming. Yeah, it was a lot of questions this week, actually. Yeah. All right. So that was that was the last question, though? Uh, yes, I believe so. Oh, oh, actually, we did have a, a cool little email that we got that I forgot about. Um, so a few weeks back, uh, multiple shows, actually, you guys talked about worm, which didn't, I believe like synapse put that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you would know that if you watch my video mm-hmm. yeah. review coming to the website very soon. Awesome. Uh, so the director of worm, uh, he says, Hey there, fellas, I'm the director of worm. He said, I caught the video of uh, Moods' on YouTube, you know, the collection of the Synapse films. Uh, He was really surprised and really happy to see that our film was part of your massive collection. Not only that, but you actually seemed to like the damn thing. That led (laughs) me to your podcast, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, which I'm loving. Uh, That just sounds awesome when someone says that. Yeah, I know. I spend a lot of... Yeah. (laughs) I spend a lot of time sitting behind a computer, so... Uh, it's a, it's always a good way. It's always good to find a new horror podcast, especially one that really digs deep into the genre. I just want to give a personal thanks for taking the time to talk in length about our little film that I never really expected anyone to watch in the first place, let alone actually enjoy. So you've got a new fan in me, and seriously, if you're ever in LA, hit me up. I'll buy you guys some beers and we can shoot the shit about 80s sleaze. Thanks. Thanks again, guys. Doug. What an awesome email, yeah. right? Yeah. Doug, I love your film. Um, I'm writing a pretty interesting review on the film as we speak right now, and I have a pretty good chunk of it finished. So I think you are going to enjoy what I have to say about your film, even though you're probably thinking, why the hell is this guy writing about my film like he is? But I, I love the film. And even though you probably didn't mean to have hidden messages in there, I definitely read it like that. So I shall be posting that soon. So I hope you enjoy that when well, I get that up there. On that note of you know directors contacting us, actually, I might as well tell this story too. On Thursday, I was at work, and I was just in between my flights, and I was on my computer, and all of a sudden I got this friend request from this person named Kelly Fitzgerald. Oh so yeah, of co- yeah. course I accepted it and I'm just like whatever and then instantly she started talking to me and she's like blah 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 and uh, and then it turns out <laughs> I didn't recognize the name at first but it turns out that she is the director of Mutantis <laughs> the film that we just recently reviewed um, of course <laughs> I like the movie Jeremy did not care for it and JP ripped it a new fucking asshole that I did um, but she basically thanked me for the honest reviews and she's like well you know the the type of movie it is it's not for everybody some people are gonna have you know a lot of problems with it jp and others are gonna enjoy it and she really enjoyed it and she just said hey i'm a big fan of the the podcast and just wanted to you know congratulations uh, congratulate us on you know our success success and stuff and if you want to call it success but she was really 
really awesome about it. You know, she just took it. She took it with a, you know, I've learned, I've learned this week or these last few weeks working on films. It's really fucking hard to make a film. Like I would not be giving these people as much shit as I do because now that I've actually like done it, it's fucking hard. And Mm -hmm. it's even holding a boom mic. It's fucking hard as shit. And if you don't have, if you're not like have any muscles at all, you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time because just holding up that mic mm-hmm. in the exact position for you know even if you have like a short take it's long it's hard but imagine like having a five or six minute long shot it's I don't know how people do it it's mm-hmm. it's fucking hard yeah 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 definitely um but I thought that was amazing because you know uh, I would have expected nothing but like bashing to me you know yeah. oh my god. Um, it- I'll never forget JP's reaction. I'm like, "Hey JP, guess who I was just talking to?" And I'm like, and he's like, "Who?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, Kelly Fitzgerald." And he's like, See, "I'm think... like, she's the director of uh, Mutantis." And he literally wrote back, "Oh God." Yeah, no, 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 no. I think that if she bashed JP for not liking her film, then she shouldn't be making films because yeah, exactly. you're always going to have I, people I totally... who are going to criticize your shit. Exactly. So if you don't like that, and you're going to bitch somebody out for not liking your film you shouldn't be making movies. now i will say that it is fair to um you know get mad if somebody's uh you know taking what you're doing and like and like exaggerating or, or changing what actually what kind of art you put out or whatever because i i hear adam green talk about that all the time how people will um complain about things that aren't even in the film and stuff like that but you know, once you make a film and you put it out there for people to see, then it's it's up for interpretation, it's up for subjection, and, and you should be okay with people either liking or disliking it. I know it's very personal because you're so attached to it and you put everything you have into it and stuff, but um, that's just part of the game, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I got nothing but respect for the way that she handled that. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly do think, you know, looking back, um, like I was I – was, I was a little bit of a prick, you know, I, like I'm really, I'm really bothered by those type of films. I stand I, by, I, I don't, agree. I don't like them. Um, but <laughs> you know, uh, she handled it pretty awesome is, is from what I could tell. And, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, she said, she's like, yeah, really good debate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, still awesome. don't like the film though. So, so then she, she must've saw that I had valid points. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, everything you said was valid. I mean, it's your honest opinion, right? Yeah. What can you do? I mean, that, that movie is a perfect example of a film that's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that argument was a prime example of what you're going to get with a film like that. So it is what it is, right? You know, it was cool, but I, I really do respect her a lot. You know, for yeah, that's a tough chick, man. Because I, I'm not sure Pat. I would have even handled it. That I, I know I wouldn't have. I would have been really probably mad if I heard somebody uh, attack my film uh, like I did to hers. Because it it is very personal. It's a ve- you're very attached to it, and and mm-hmm. I know that I would I would have gotten way bent out of shape. When, like I, I think I would struggle with that part of filmmaking if I if I was a filmmaker. The uh, rejection and the like. Um, you know, just people not getting my vision or well, my. Good thing you're not thoughts. a filmmaker. Yeah, I mean, because that's like a main thing that goes with that. So yeah, but that's with anything, right? I mean, you have to uh, get used to things. Yeah. Um, but you know, then again, maybe not because I can take people criticizing the show, right? I mean, I don't have a problem with people, um, but you know, mm-hmm. just something yeah. as big as that yeah. is making a movie. 
Cool, cool. All right, so moving along here, getting into the coroner's report, courtesy of Rue Morgue magazine, of weird stats and morbid facts. Um, this one is coming from the March 2012 edition of Rue Morgue, and it's got Father's Day on the cover, G- or Jeremy. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Um, this was a, a short one I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, okay, people wear black to funerals to show respect for the dead. But is but it is but it's been said that the tradition has roots in superstition, and that wearing black hid mourners from ghosts. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> I thought that was a little. That makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. it, it does, often it when you hear those like type of things, like where you hear something originate, it's like yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does make sense, doesn't it? Alrighty, so. That is going to do it for Mood Swings. And then moving along into the featured reviews. Do we have to? Do we have to? The three featured reviews. This week's featured reviews is the franchise. The trilogy. Mini. Yeah. Trilogy of Warlock. JP, why the fuck did you pick these movies? Did I pick them? Yes. I thought Moods picked them. No. No. I did. Well, this was you. So Warlock from 1989, starring Julian Sands, uh, directed by Steve Miner. Awesome. Which is, Who also which directed is, uh, Friday 2. House, I believe. And 3. Did he direct House? No. Oh. I don't think he directed House. Um, but yeah, Warlock from 1989... In a time of fear and suspicion. Do you choose to admit your crimes before man and God? His coming was foretold. Now, he is here. You know the signs. You are bewitched. Has the face of an angel. Channel me a spirit. The charm of the devil. Hear me when I say he's evil. Evil absolute. And the powers of a god. <laughs> Satan also has one son. First to have lain eyes upon the new Messiah. Now, an enemy from his past. Who appointed you executioner? And a girl from the present. Do you know what he's capable of? Next time he's gonna kill me. I'll not let him harm you. Are the only hope for the future. (laughs) This is the terrifying adventure that could set the world on fire. Warlock. Uh, Okay, so in Boston of 1691, a warlock is sentenced to death, but escapes magically into the future, our present. How? Followed followed by a witch hunter. Uh, There he is searching for three parts of the Devil's Bible, trailed by the witch hunter and a woman whose house... Uh, he landed in 
they must stop him as the book contains the true name of God, which he can use to uncreate the world if spoken backwards. <laughs> by, by, by showing his real name. <laughs> by showing oh God's God. real name. Uh. Uh, All right, so... Uh, I hated um, this movie the first half hour. I told JP that. Thoughts? Thoughts on this one, guys? Where, where do we want to start here? Well, okay, so this film is kind of... Uh, time travel right? I mean, it's, yeah. it really reminds me of The Terminator um, in terms of the way it's uh, laid out, right? You have this uh, uh, hero character coming back through time to stop um, a stronger uh, thing, and he's hooking up with a chick who's dragging along be- in into this situation. Yeah. Okay, for people that don't know what a warlock is, a warlock is just a, it's a male witch. Yeah. Unless you <laughs> ask... It. Uh, one of those people who are like con- who are like consider themselves modern day witches. I guess that's like a derogatory term or something. Warlock I'm is? reading that somewhere. I, I love it. You're a witch, but you're a man. Here, it's your turn. Tampa Bay sucks. I love that part when he's talking about Tampa Bay's football team. <laughs> and then he fucking kills the kid. Yeah, <laughs> dude, listen. That scene is creepy as hell. It's just funny how he says Tampa Bay. I'm not like Tampa Bay. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's a few references to sports, too, when the guy says Laker fans suck or something like that. The cab driver when they get to Boston. I love all like that, that, that hatred towards sports teams. It's funny. So I was maybe a tad bit confused on how exactly he got transported. Yeah, me you too. Know, from 1691 into Why? obviously the present day. Um, well, how did he transport himself? He's a fucking magic, dude. No. <laughs> Seriously, but th- they can do that? He's magic, you, dude. You can transport. Yeah, I know, but like, seriously, is that like actually a written law with and you, and you lots can go of from, witches? And you go you can, from Boston to LA. You can time travel? <laughs> Listen. You can time travel? Because I, I didn't realize that that was actually something that they could technically how do. How did they do it in Terminator? Well, they're not witches. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just it just seemed a little odd, you know. It's just all of a sudden he's like time traveling and shit like that. I'm just like, yeah. And that's based on his magic, but he's a witch. No, it's I'm like, with you. I, I agree that like they they definitely shy away from that whole. Well, mm-hmm. how the hell did he time travel? And it could have, you know, the, call it bad filmmaking, but it could have been explained with a simple line of dialogue, like. Well, or a scene where he conjured up some magic spell with a special uh, mm. ingredient or something like that. Yeah, well, I, I, mean, my, I mean, my whole thing with that, though, is that, like, you know, you got uh, the warlock. He's ready to be basically executed. Um, why didn't he just travel himself yeah. before he got into that predicament? I think that it had something to do <laughs> with the way they um, had him uh, chained with his toes and his fingers like that. Okay, it's, it was actually like, you know, oh, okay, it was totally making him so he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, like he I guess can't that, use his magic powers but how did when he he's tied undone? up like that. How did he become undone? Uh, what did he do? I actually forget. I know he's like at the top of the tower and then like the guy comes in, he's like, oh, you should die and then he leaves and then he's he comes back up and he's gone. Yeah, I'm not really too sure how he got out of that, to be honest. Like, he had some Chucky shit thunder coming from the sky, <laughs> and then he was gone. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, how how did you become unchained? Mm-hmm. Okay, so some um, obvious plot holes there, guys. <laughs> quite a bit. Totally. Uh, I gotta say, man, the witch hunter, 
that yeah. uh, that transports you know himself to. He he fucking looks like um, John Cusack. He's my favorite character though. <laughs> at, least he's, at least he's a little bit humorous, you know. Yeah, he was he was a decent character. Like when he sure. when they were getting on the plane, like that's probably like my favorite scene of the film. It's just funny. <laughs> you know that I will say that they did they did an alright job with the obvious uh, time travel jokes because yeah. the guy is obviously um, unfamiliar with modern technology, so th- they definitely play that up a bit. And he's like, you know, we'll take your carriage or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> Stop yeah, this yeah. carriage. <laughs> yeah, you know, I-, I thought that I thought that stuff was funny, but I almost wish they would have shot away from it a little bit because I think they overplayed it. And I I feel yeah. like this film gets really dark at times, but, it- but one thing that was really bugging me was sometimes the score got almost like 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 bumbly or something like cartoony Dude, the, the score in yeah, this yeah. movie doesn't work at all it's way too cartoony and stuff mm-hmm. and i think i think this movie suffers from not knowing exactly what tone it wants to present itself yeah it's like a really comedy at one point and then yeah like horror at one point and then mm-hmm. drama at another point it, it totally is all over the place and it's very ugh, Bad. it's frustrating to watch because you're like i don't know what i'm watching right now Really? You know, like it's. I don't know. It was like. Was it meant to be a fucking comedy? Well, I I think that I think that it was meant to be like a horror film. But I feel like whoever wrote it or directed it, um, probably I'm, I'm gonna say the writer. I'm gonna say the writer probably had comedy in his heart, so he kept trying to pepper it in throughout this story. I, I feel like he probably wanted to write comedies, and he uh, ended up getting a gig to writing a horror film. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I actually really like about this film is it does a fantastic job of setting up a mythology for the character with a lot of key things. Like um, they, they really have a lot of rules and um, just mythology for the warlock, like the uh, the footprints with the nails and the uh, salting the rope thing. <laughs> you know? Too bad that all goes down to shitter in Warlock 2, but... Yeah, they don't yeah. even have fucking rules in Part 2, man. No. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying, though. The, the mythology that's set up is kind of cool. I'm you always know, a gives, big fan gives of you that. An idea. Yeah, I'm yeah. always a big fan of when they take the time to really like um, flesh out like the character and like what the uh, you know mythology is of the witch, and you know probably a lot of it they took from actual like uh, actual mythology, but I'm sure they added some of their own in in as well. Um, good. Did this movie look good, like effect wise, back in 1989? Because watching it again, it's like it's so fucking laughable. Mm. The effects in this movie See, are so and what, bad. Like the tornado's really fucking bad. Yeah, yeah like stuff like that, bad. though, man. I think it's just of the time, man. I don't I, mm. like stuff like that. No, really I, doesn't bother me. It's almost like a um. No, but it's know. like it, it's not even that. It, it's just charming. laughable. You know, to me it has it, like it, a charm it, to it. It, it, it. To me, it comes off like comical. You know, and, that, and that's where I go back to like the tone of the film. Like, is is it supposed to be more comical? Maybe that's why they have those type of effects. No in way, there. no way. That, no, no, I, no, I, no. I don't think the effects have anything to do with the comedic no. tone of the film. I just think they come off that way because they're dated and bad. Yeah, yeah, I don't, they're bad. Yeah, I think it's because I'm, it's cause such I mean, an independent independent film. So it's like even in 1989, there's they still had some pretty good fucking effects. You had know, a like, seven million dollar budget. Oh really? You know, some of the some of those ones fucking. <laughs> It just it comes off very very laughable. I just want to know what were they thinking, thinking that they should make sequels to this? Like, who? <laughs> yeah, who, no, I, who I was sitting at the meetings? Like, that. who was sitting at the meetings with like their legs up on the desk and they're like, hmm, 
we should make a warlock too. Huh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go do that. It's like, why the fuck would you choose this franchise out of something else? This doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you know, I to, to be honest, like, I love the um like the the aging woman thing. Like I like I, I find oh, it kind of sad, dude. Yeah, I fucking hated that part, man. I really? fucking hated that too. Why? It's so it was annoying. Super lame. Yeah, it's annoying. I thought it was so lame and I, I hated the Why fact was it lame? That, oh, he stole he stole your bracelet. It's a bad thing. Like you it's know, not like, a subplot. Yes. Well, no, what yeah, kind of. The main point you know, is to kill the warlock and the main has, thing. The he only fucks, reason he fucks with Lori. He fucks with Lori. It's like, whatever, man. But like, she's got a you know the whole thing with her her fucking bracelet and stuff, and to reverse the spell. And I was like, what the fuck? It's like all you have to do is take the bracelet back. That's not very yeah. Smart. I mean, <laughs> but this it, is it's thrown like into any the film. voodoo style stuff. I mean, that's how that shit works, man. Like that's yeah. But I I just I thought it was lame. I'll tell you why it's, it's not a subplot, and and the reason why is because it, it has a meaning, it has a purpose in the story, and that purpose is to get our uh, lead protagonist to team up with the hero. Yeah, I mean, I understand what they're doing with that and stuff like that, but I mean, did, you really had to have that in there. I don't know. It just—it's it a scary crazy. thought, man. I mean, aging—you uh, know, two decades every day. I mean, like you're going to be dead in four days. Like, I guess I'll be fucking dead then. I just didn't like the execution of it. It just it came off a little, almost too cheesy for me. And I, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't like it. I actually I just, found it to be like, kind of scary. She like really overacted when she was like changing too. And like oh, it was like made me laugh when like she turned from forty to sixty. She's like, uh, and then she's like, okay, I'm sixty now. I don't. And then when she's like running, it's just like I don't know. But you're looking at it like like okay, so. When a normal sixty-year-old isn't going to be walking around like oh, oh, but when you're drastically changed into having weak bones and stuff like that from one day to another, from being a fit person, you're probably going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be hypersensitive. Well, yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. It doesn't make it right that they put this in there. I don't know. I just don't like the age spell thing. I think it was kind of. You guys have been too hard on this one. It, it this is film fucking is awesome. You, no, you think this film's not... awesome? Dude, I do. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really Jesus. curious. I'm really curious on the seven million dollar budget because I thought that, like, you know, a lot of the things in the movie look really cheap. Like, I, I thought costumes and stuff looked cheap. I thought the fucking wigs were horrid in this film. They were fucking bad. The what? Really, really bad. Like, like, um, Laurie's fucking wigs and shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know they look so bad. They're funny. horrible. Like, there's a lot of costumes and stuff that look really cheap and stuff, and. I don't know, man. Seven million dollars, really? I mean, I laughed pretty hard when he cut that guy's finger off. And that's another <laughs> like, thing that bugged me too. Where the hell was the blood? Yeah, he cut his finger right off. I mean, I, apparently they saved all the gore for the fucking sequel. Then he bit his tongue out. <laughs> it's fucking funny. It's just funny how it landed in the frying pan. I think one of the biggest things about this movie that bugged me was was honestly the poor execution of soundtrack. It, it, I, I, I never knew mm. what the fuck I was watching sometimes. Yeah. It was like, it was kind of comical in, in times and then there was other parts where it felt almost overdramatic. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what the fuck? I'm like, this is, it's so weird. The tone is so weird in this movie. I definitely agree. I think that is, I think the two biggest problems is one, the, the, the problem that we mentioned where the film doesn't really feel like it knows what it wants to be and two is that score and that's why I pointed it out first is because I really noticed it I was like I think this film could could be a lot like I actually think it would be a completely different film if it had a different score 
yeah, you know, it could de- definitely change it quite a bit. Because there's some Absolutely. dark moments in this, dude. When th- when that kid is like, you know, talking to him, and he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm a warlock, I can fly or something. And he's like, well, then fly right now or something. He's like, I need special ingredients. And he's like, what are they made of? And he's like, ha, 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 ha. I was like, yo, that is fucked up. <laughs> they killed a kid, man. They skinned him alive. We don't see it, but like we hear about it. You don't see yeah. anything in this movie besides him getting burned. See. Yeah. Yeah, they really they really shied away from anything in this yeah. one. They didn't really want to show anything, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. Another thing that kind of bugged me, maybe it was the way um, what's her face, uh, Lori Singer. <clears throat> A lot of the dialogue when she's talking in this film, it it's comes like off. Dubbed. It, it it just comes off way too comical. It's like the tone that she's using. Does it feel dubbed? Mm, I didn't really notice, but I feel like I sometimes it's dubbed. <clears throat> Like when she's old and you can't see her face and she's talking. Yeah, maybe, maybe at times, yeah. But like there was just there was a certain a couple certain scenes where she was talking and, it, and the way she was delivering her lines was like this fucking feels like a comedy, man. It, it just I don't know, man. the The tone of this film throws it threw me off through the whole fucking thing. Like yeah. I think right from the beginning, the opening scene in sixteen ninety one, it comes off very dark and uh, you know kind of serious and stuff and then soon as you know the warlock gets into the present day it just wow it, it just shifts so much for me I'm just like okay I'd like to see this movie very very dark toned you know like really really dark toned like you know show them skinning that kid why not I, you know, I, I, get I it real I'm vicious cool man without that, I don't think it needs to have that I mean I, th- I feel like the, I feel like the uh, way that that was executed was was like good enough for me. Like I, it actually was like disturbing to me slightly. Um, mm. Now I will say that I probably think I know why it, this stuff doesn't bug me as much as you guys. I seen this film when I was a kid, and when I was a kid, I didn't really pick up on the comedy stuff. I just noticed that it was like kind of creepy. The warlock dude, you know, killing that kid and stuff. Um, that blinding that guy, man. Like I, I don't know, like. I, I, I maybe I have like a nostalgic glasses on with this one, but I actually really enjoy this film. Uh, like, I like it a lot, and um, I love the mythology of the character. And I, I actually am, I, I like the hero character. Like, I like tracking down the warlock. I think that the idea of um, the god, you know, the true name of God, um, being, you know, that was what he was seeking with the book and stuff. Like. I like that idea. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it always when you have these like uh, super villains who want to destroy the world, it's always like, well, then what? You know, like then exactly. what? Exactly. But I mean, that's neither here nor there with those type of like villains. But um, I like the the uh, history of it. You know, the church was over here, the hollowed ground stuff. Like they really did take time to kind of flesh out the mythology of the character. And I'm I, like, I am a big fan of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they did definitely do some pretty good job with that and stuff, but I just think that, you know, as a whole for the film, like, you just need a better tone for that type of decent mythology and stuff. Like, I do agree that a lot of that stuff is actually pretty good. You know, it's not so bad. I mean, but they, it's just, it's so sad that they just completely threw the fucking shit right out the window for part two. But, um, I don't know, man. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like all the mythology and stuff is it's pretty decent, but it's still not enough for me to get totally engulfed in the film. You know what I'm saying? It just it, I can't get past the tone, man. I just don't know what the hell I'm watching. It hmm. really bugs me. It really does bug me. So 
Um, I mean, there was some scenes in this film that were pretty good, like, you know, the scene uh, where they're at the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought the atmosphere, it actually looked pretty creepy. I thought the, the whole setting of that, uh, of the cemetery was really well done. Yeah, I, I, I really like that too. And I like the <laughs> coffin scene with the, mm-hmm. I like, I like all that stuff. But um, that's, this is my point though. I mean, like, this is how it shifts in tone so much throughout mm-hmm. the film. It's like, and all it sudden, really does. And, and like, man, you're like, wow, this is really good atmosphere. And then it's like right after that and it gets all comical again. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it just keeps, it throw it keeps, you know, kind of going throw me for a loop a little bit but i don't know i understand where you're coming from with the mythology though i do understand that but yeah um there's actually a deleted scene that i i read through trivia and you know the fortune teller scene where he goes and you know channels like the devil through that fortune teller yeah yeah well the scene was originally supposed to end oh yeah i saw that topless and frozen and the devil's eyeballs was gonna pop out of her breast yeah yeah uh, the (laughs) warlock stomps on her to pieces to free them but people um, just like laughed at it, right? Uh, like yeah, I read it, I read it like test screenings. Like people saw that and they found it like hilarious. And I, they, I thought I think they, they laughed. said negative test screenings. Oh really? I heard that people laughed about it. Mm. That's funny. What did you guys think of uh, the Witch Hunter's Witch Compass? <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah, I had I no problem. I think with it's it. kind of. I think it's a little silly, but it's kind of intriguing too. Because I was like, how the hell does that thing really work? Yeah. <laughs> like the whole time I just kept did he asking question. I'm like okay he sets this thing up and then he puts these weights on the other side and he's like Kate warlock's over there see and I'm like it, what and sometimes I feel like films like this you have to just fill in the blanks like when you guys said about the uh, thing at the beginning like how do you time travel and then I was just like well I think it was the way that he was chained up or he has magic or whatever also with the ending you know like um, the uh, I guess it would be the true name of God spoken backwards, you know, undo- undoes all of God's work and, like, <laughs> kind of erases the world. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of filled it in, like, okay, well, then what happens? Uh, it's the devil's turn to create a world. Like, you know, and the warlock is a, is a you know, person of the devil. So that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to please his master. I think, I think you have a little more patience with these films than me and Jeremy do. Yeah, because if you're sitting there filling in the blanks and stuff, I'm like, you know what? For a film like this, where I can't figure out the goddamn tone of it, I have to use uh, my I brain want, for. I other want you things. to fucking. I want you to fucking. You know, spoon feed me a little bit in this yeah, one. Yeah. Come on, give me something yeah. where I just go, oh fuck yeah, totally. Now that makes sense. You have to use my brain for other important things, not warlock one. <laughs> this two, film and is three. fun, guys. I mean, After I definitely. I, I didn't like hate this movie or anything. You know, like I said, it was just. <laughs> Was this one I, like hard to get through for you? Uh, not as hard as two and three, but no, no, I yeah. actually it kept me entertained throughout the whole movie. Like I said, I had a lot of questions while I was watching it. And like there was Julian just a lot Sands, of, I thought he was cool. Yeah, Julian's. He, I thought he did, he he was pretty cool in the film. There's just so many weird things about this movie that just uh, I just kept <laughs> questioning throughout the whole movie. But you know, yeah, man, I don't know, man. I think watching it at a young age definitely helped me out with it. Uh, like that whole scene in the railroad yard with the nails and stuff like I find that to be really well executed the the scene where she's trying to get her bracelet back like I find it like she trips and falls she's all old and stuff like I feel bad for her oh man I thought that was so late so long and not necessary 
It's like uh, she could have just got the like bracelet a, and that would have been it, but they like dragged suspense, it. Dude. They dragged it on for like four minutes. It's like, like I said, with the the whole bracelet thing, I thought was super super lame. I I totally didn't like it, but I, actually the scene where she starts nailing the nails into the sand, I thought that was actually pretty fucking. Yeah, that cool. was cool. Yeah, <laughs> but and the he put, whole like the piece of wood over his feet so it, it wouldn't mm-hmm. hurt her, which didn't really make sense to me, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a piece of wood makes it go away. Okay. No, I think it's because he was barefoot and his feet were in the tracks. Um, If he puts a a nail there, it's gonna go through the nail because there's it's covering his foot. It's gonna go through the wood because it's covering his foot. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta just Mm -hmm. fill in the blanks, man. I don't know, man. It's it's not a, it's not a terrible movie by any means, but I mean, it's not in my opinion. I don't think it's great at all. No, I wouldn't watch um, it again, man. Really I would love, like I said, I would love I would to totally see this movie watch it again. really, really dark. Like, yeah, a really I, dark would I would too. I would too. Because you know the whole witch thing. Like to me, witches are kind of dark, and like it's mm-hmm. it, you know just the idea of what witches are. Yeah, is, especially is if you would go like real dark and no, no comedy at all. The very idea of of like dude that is a great idea like their flying potion is is fat from a uh unbaptized child how dark <laughs> is that dude i know that it's pretty yeah. fucking wild <laughs> he's cooking up the fat on like a fire oh my god <laughs> and then he drinks it like that's one of those what the fuck moments where like i didn't remember that scene from the last time i watched this and i was like i was like are you serious like that is fucked up um, but no, I mean, guys, like, Dude, when I she really calls him a like fuck brain film. at the end. I laughed so hard. I was like, "Fuck brain." <laughs> like, okay, nice comeback. I do agree with the points that you've made, moods about the tone and the and the soundtrack. Like, I'm I'm totally down with that. But I think this film has a lot to offer. Like, I I do find it very entertaining, and I kind of like the fantasy type of of feel that it has as well. Like, I kind of like that. Um you know uh 17th century type shit sometimes and uh yeah i mean i don't have much more to say about this one do you guys this movie this movie didn't you know oddly enough it was made in 1989 and this movie had no 80s feel to it at all it felt like a fucking bonafide 90s film uh-huh. it did i agree you know? i, I like, agree it's like real like um, total 90s right 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't really know what else to say about it. I mean, but to be completely honest, I could talk about this film all day compared to two and three. <laughs> I just oh, especially I don't know. three. Yeah, I mean, they really did amp up for part two yeah. for the kills and stuff. Oh yeah, because they really didn't, you know, do that in this one. But I don't know what do you, what do you guys rate this one, Jeremy? What do you rate this one? Four and a half out of ten. Whoa. Uh, JP. I give it a seven and a half out of ten. What the fucking hell? <laughs> okay, uh, I give it a five and a half out of ten. I, I knew we were going to be all over the place on this. Guys, one. guys, I, what the fuck, minions? Guys are giving it lower than the IMDb rating, which is always lower than the actual rating. I don't I like the film. I'm IMDb has it a six point two from ten thousand users. Jesus, <laughs> that's, man, that's a lot. It's of a cool classic. So what do you expect? It's not. Not yeah. very many people talk about this film at all. It has a cult following barely i don't know man like it, lower like said, than the decent. imdb it's, rating dude i'm not changing a, my rating 
Yeah, I just I'm not overly too impressed with it, man. Like I said, I hadn't watched this movie in 20 years, and after I watched it, I was like, that's pretty much why I haven't watched it in 20 years. Guys, the guys. I just didn't. I didn't get a lot of enjoyment out of it, like to be honest. And there was a lot of things that were super bugging me about this movie. Like I said, man, like you know, tone and you know, music and stuff. It's such a big element, and it's just coming off way too wrong for me. Um, but you know, it had elements that were good. You know, like you said, I, I agree about the mythology and stuff, and that's good that they did that, you know. But. Yeah, you know, I, I, w- I would be curious to the guys out there, you know, the listeners and stuff. By the way, Steve Miner did direct House. Um, but that's beside the point. Uh, guys, Ooh. back me up on this one, man. I, I have a feeling there's more fans out there than just me. Like, I, I, I feel like more people should See, be you, where I am at. You don't have to defend yourself, man. Yeah, you know, seriously. Just, you know, I, it's, not, not, it's not a big like, deal. Like, I'd be like, oh, fuck that, JP. I'm out of here. He, he likes Warlock. No, yeah. uh, it's not about defending myself. I just want to prove that you guys are being too harsh on it. Okay. Coming from the guy that fucking totally Great ripped you dead. The, okay, you're telling me that's more entertaining than this shit? No, I'm just no. I'm just using that as an example. He's telling me to fucking... <laughs> okay. I'm being too harsh. I think I was not very harsh on it at all. No, I, I stated, I'm not I stated what I liked harsh. and what I didn't. I just, I just feel like, I like maybe there's, I don't know. There, there's, there's obviously some kind of thing that that I'm getting that you guys aren't out of it, and I just, I, I actually figure like when we did the original Warlock, I've never seen the sequels, but like the the idea behind where I actually thought the moods was gonna like this one and Jeremy because I, I remember I have remembered well, it fondly. Theoretically, theoretically, I did. Five and yeah, a half out of ten is half, still yeah. a pass. Yeah. So. All right, but it's what? a seven point five, guys. Out there. Trust <laughs> All right. Me. Pick so it up. Seven point five on episode number thirty-three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So moving along into the nineties now, uh, Warlock Two or Warlock the Armageddon from nineteen ninety-three, directed by Anthony Hickox. Whatever yeah. the fuck that is. <laughs> exactly right. The heavens shall turn black as death. The birds shall be severed from the sky. And within the heart of each lie the icons of our destruction. His coming was foretold. The warlock is here. The son of Satan has returned to fulfill his destiny. Does that command? There are five stones like the one she wears. Must possess them all. He has six days to seek out the stones of power. Who the hell are you? I'm interested in this stone. If not for sale. I never said anything about buying. And hold destruction in the palm of his hand. Tomorrow, everything is going to be destroyed. I've come for the stone. A chosen few stand between him and his quest. Who am I? A second warrior. Get the stone as far away as possible. <laughs> they must destroy him. This is the best you can do! Before he destroys creation. Welcome to the other side of reality. <laughs> but to conquer the warlock. Happy trails, partners. They must face the ultimate fear. <laughs> Julian Sands. It is time. I will Warlock, the Armageddon. 
I get it. So, uh, Warlock, the Armageddon, 1993. Uh, they throw away every bit of continuity from the first film, which drives me insane when God. they do that. Uh, but this one follows, uh, it, the, I guess, it, it, who knows if it's the same Warlock. He looks the same. It's the same actor. Uh, every 600 years, a great evil has an opportunity to escape and unleash Armageddon. A group of five through stones a, through has a lunar eclipse to either eclipse. free the evil or banish it for another 600 years. An order of druids battle with a warlock determined to unleash his father upon the world. So basically, this warlock is allowed to come out every 600 years uh, during a uh, two different kinds of like eclipses. Uh, be- that happens in like five days apart or yeah, six yeah. days apart. Um, and he's uh, basically going through the country grabbing these different stones that are in the hands of different people, killing them off. Meanwhile, there's a, a, a young loving couple who are um, trying to get out of the, you know, get out of the town that they're in, hold them down. Um, and they turns out their fathers are druids and shit, so they have to learn how to battle a warlock. Like, how hard would it be to slick back your fucking hair so you look like the same damn warlock, dude? Like, his hair is like... I don't mind that. Yeah, that's, I know, but that's, that's like that's like the the main Nick grid that I had, like, when he got birthed by this lady, which fucking made awesome. me laugh. Made me laugh. Okay, okay, this movie right here starts off really, really bad. Yeah. I think we, we mentioned this with the opening the credits. credits are, sequence, the man. credits yeah. so bad. It's, it's like every five, done. every five seconds, like, wah, pause. Well, see, I don't have action. a problem with that uh, being done. I mean, uh, Rob Zombie's done that in the past, but it's just the execution on this one felt sloppy. Uh, well, exactly. exactly. There's a way to do that, and this was the wrong way. And then followed by terrible, terrible dialogue in this movie, man. Yeah. There's some really, really bad conversations and just poorly written script. Remember what I said yesterday when we were uh, talking? You're like, is it better than the first, is Warlock 2 and 3 better than the first one? I was like, nope. Shitty acting, shitty dialogue, yeah. and the effects are the only good thing. That's about it. Uh, man, that sounds... Yeah. The, whole, the yeah. whole thing with the druids, man, uh, man, they gotta do they gotta do a little more research and stuff when they're you know incorporating these type of things into these films because they're talking about like how these druid characters um, get like their mystical powers and stuff from uh, from Christ and stuff and I was like what I mean the druids and you know the Hebrews were they, they I thought were they fucking... was getting them from like the trees and shit no I think it was implied that they were actually getting it from God. And stuff, but the funny thing is about the history of druids and stuff. They were around way before Christ and whatnot, and you know they don't really incorporate that properly. I think it's just kind of misleading. I mean, if you do know mm-hmm. your you know history and stuff, if you kind of look at it, what they're doing, you're like, what? That doesn't make any fucking sense. And in my opinion, it's actually just ignorant, right? Yeah. Well, if, there was no Wikipedia pages back then, and people didn't know what the hell was going on. So sometimes it's called a book, magic. JP. Because I actually was watching the movie and I stopped it to check out something. I was like, Druids, I'm like, this doesn't seem right. And sure enough, it even says fucking, it just didn't make sense what they did in the movie. But, you know, <clears throat> it's one so of those wait, things like. Druids were around before Christ, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe they're they, talking about it, the Druids that happened after Christ. Well, I mean, they could be. But I'm just saying it. But they basically say that they get their powers from God, from Christ and stuff. Well, maybe they do not. And I'm like, but can, you, 
but they obviously had powers and stuff because they're talking about druids in general, right? So there was obviously a time before Christ and they had these powers, these magical powers and stuff even then because that's what they do. They, they have these magical powers to protect Earth from the evil, right? And this is before Christ too. So you have to you have to imply that to it, man. Yeah, but you can also look at it like, well, stuff you happened can, after you, Christ you, also. You can, but I'm just saying they the Druids always had these mystical powers. So where were they getting it before Christ then? Where <laughs> were saying, they? I'm just saying like if they, you know, obviously they could be getting it from Christ now, like because it's like present day Druids and stuff. I don't know, but it just doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't because if the druids always had these mystical powers before Christ was ever around, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I'm saying that it doesn't necessarily disprove it either because just because they got, got them from something else uh, beforehand doesn't mean that they could get them from something else after. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just saying if the druids already had these powers, why would they be going? Maybe they're stronger now. We get them from Christ. Maybe with the added of Jesus, you know, Jesus, maybe their powers are a little bit stronger than they were back then. (laughs) I guess. I guess. But once again, you have to kind of work things out in your own head. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, let me just let me just say this, guys. Um, This is like I didn't even think twice about that stuff because i didn't know i don't really know much about druids and shit so i was just rolling with it i'm like all right they fucking get their powers and they're and it probably works a lot better it works a lot better if you don't know these things yeah, when you're watching that. this film because if you don't know then it's like whatever what the, there's no harm right but i knew something was wrong there i was like looking it up and fuck sure enough man you know it wasn't right but mm-hmm. you know it's just the way it goes you know um, but yeah, this one really doesn't have any continuity to the first film at all. And in, does the warlock not seem like he's kind of indestructible in this one? He seems like a lot more um, just harder to basically kill. Like he just seems like he's more godly, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Definitely. In this one? Definitely. You know, it's, he's like I a mean, totally. And, the, and you even brought it up too. It's like, is this the same warlock? Yeah, it's well, like, how knows? did he get resurrected? He got burned to a crisp. That, like, and that's, that's exactly gonna what come I was back confused. To that? I was so confused on how he actually did come back. Yeah. If this is the same person, I was like, that's why I was like, man, this guy's like indestructible in this film. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I kind of go with my leprechaun logic, okay? Um, leprechaun, the leprechaun series has different, like, if you look at it and try to connect it, all the leprechauns are the same the same person you can't because the continuity is wrong it specifically says in this film that he's 600 years old and a thousand years in this film so maybe you know i'll use the same logic in this it's a different warlock but they kind of all look the same much like the terminators do arnold schwarzenegger style leave it at that just you know fill in the blanks (laughs) yeah yeah um so yeah I, i mean i felt like this one um now I don't know what year Wishmaster came out, but this one feels very Wishmastery to me. Wishmaster came out in '99. Wow! So maybe Wishmaster was uh, influenced by this film. Oh, Wishmaster! Sorry, I'm th- I thought you were talking about the third one. The first one came out in like the early '90s or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did I'll you check- get that vibe at all? I'll check one sec. '97. Yeah, a little bit. '97. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, man. Yeah. Oh, I never, cool. I never thought about it until you mentioned it right now, but yeah. Once again, man, I don't mind like, – like this is just one of those films where like I know that I'm one of the big P- 
people that say like it has to make sense. I'm all for logic and horror movies and stuff. Um, but this is one where it's like, okay, there's a bunch of gimmick, like, it's, it's just another plot point. Like, last time it was pages from a book, this time it's fucking stones. I'm down with it. Let's just roll with it. I just want to see the warlock, like, fuck some shit up and stuff. Like, it's all good. I wanted some fucking story behind these stones, though, too. Like, a little more. It has story, though. It has enough story to get you by that it makes sense, right? I mean, these stones, once they're combined together just like mm-hmm. the pages will do some bad shit usually involving the devil yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but i wanted to know like exactly like where these stones came from and like and just like honestly just give me something there you know it's like oh these stones they do this and that and i'm like what the they're fuck? fucking ancient druid in uh, rune stones that were like like what is a rune stone it's like a magical stone that was that's the in, thing i don't know so dude with uh, you know, spells like that's what a rune stone is. So this okay. Anthony Hickcock guy directed the Waxwork films and Hellraiser three. Also, all God, three that's solid. Why, that's why I reckon. But they the feel the unit. same. All three, all four of the, those films feel like this, like <laughs> like this kind of film. Yeah, they kind of do funny. actually. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, man, I don't know. Like, I, I had cool look facts. at Evil Dead. Right. The book. It's from some ancient shit and it's bound in human flesh and inked in human blood and it has demonic spells it's the same shit they don't ever go into the book and why it does what and where the spells come from and shit just roll with it (laughs) (laughs) that's because the evil dead works though because you don't need anything there it's like oh these stones like where the like and how the (laughs) there's just so many things that are bugging me i'm like okay these things are so mystical and fucking they do some crazy ass shit and stuff and why are people wearing these things as fucking earrings or whatever the hell they are and why does somebody find a super rare penny in their basement you know what i'm saying oh my dude you could argue everything like this man yeah go for days like this but i'm just saying i'm just 600 years you're telling me that they're gonna be like uh you know locked away in some fucking castle like 600 years later dude time has a way of like pe- like forgetting it's probably turned into a myth about these stones at one point well i'm it, assuming that a lot of these people didn't even murdered, know what so- they really had though too you know like with the stones and stuff i know the one guy the one collector dude he knew what the fuck he had mm-hmm. you know yeah to to an extent to an extent he probably didn't know what he just knew there was some rare shit that probably has legend around him mm mm-hmm. Which is like today, right? I mean, there's shit like that in the world today. Mm. But what, let's talk about the effects a little bit. I mean, what it was, was really impressed cool at all? Yeah, very good effects. Like I was super were... surprised. Just, yeah, well, like when she was giving expect... birth and she was like, and the thing ate the dog. Like that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. Actually, Erin came downstairs when I was watching that part, and she's like, "Aw, that thing's a dog." <laughs> Not the Pomeranian. Yeah, actually, no. The effects were yeah, definitely really. a huge, huge step up, and it was it was nice to see uh, this film that you know had a little darker tone and it had a little more you know gore and blood and just things like that I, I was thought, looking for out of the first one. I thought like when they were doing the surgery after the dad shot the kid. And, like, the skin, like, coming back together, that was a pretty cool Yeah, that was too. cool. I like the scalp ripping. Yeah, the uh, scalp ripping was fucking gnarly. It, I actually yeah. bursted out laughing at that part, though, man. Mm-hmm. He grabs her. It comes off so perfect, too, right? It's well, like, I'll tell oh, you guys right now. Hurt. It Without those effects, this film would be utter garbage. And I'm yeah, dead yeah. serious. Oh, yeah, because it sure. does not have enough plot to, to go with that. But yeah. since there are so many kills and there's so often and there's so much gore... 
that it's it's kind of like a slasher, right? I mean, the story's kind of bogus, and you don't really have much there. This one totally feels like a slasher film because mm-hmm. he's going around collecting these things, and he's mm-hmm. got to kill off all these people. It's essentially like a slasher film, yeah. Which I think it worked, and I, I like the tone a lot better this film because it's a, you know it's pretty nasty actually at times. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And and that's why I'm saying you know in the same way that I'm I don't um see I feel like I'm almost being biased though. Uh, because I am usually the one that says you have to have a story and you have to have a plot, but I am admitting that. I'm admitting all that shit is whack. I'm saying it's acceptable and it's dealable, just like any other slasher, like Slaughter High or something. Like, why is this chick taking a bath in the middle of a murder spree? You know? <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, because it, the audience needs to see titties, man. Yeah, right at that moment. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like one of those things. It's not, it's, it's not super serious. It's, it's about the kills. It's about the ride. It's not necessarily about the story. And goddamn, it gets cheesy with that romantic shit sometimes in this film. Oh I just God. noticed it. I just uh, sorry, moods. I cut you off. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna make my Chicago reference. Like when he's in fucking Boston or wherever he is in the beginning of the film, and he goes up to the cabbie and he says, "Take me to Chicago." I want to know how the fuck he knows what Did Chicago he make a map is out of flesh. Okay, so he made a map out of flesh. But it doesn't say the state's names or anything. It's I, from the 1600s. How, how the fuck does know? he know what Chicago is? How you know it doesn't? Because in the first film, he's in South Carolina and Boston, and those were all colonies in the 1600s. Mm-hmm. So how the fuck does he know what Chicago is? Because it's Chicago? magic, and it's a magic flesh oh, map that tells him. Yeah, but once again, JP, that's ridiculous. Though. That just made me laugh. Why is it like, ridiculous? It's a magic flesh map, dude. That is ridiculous. No, 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 a it's magic flesh that, map? It's the fact that he knows about Chicago. He's... Yeah. A he shouldn't wizard. know, but he shouldn't know about Chicago though. It doesn't matter just because you're he a wizard. You got a direct contact with the know, devil. Does the devil know, know about Chicago? Probably. Oh God, give me a break. Yeah, he was it's, in the woman's fucking. It is. It is a ridiculous point uh, yeah. part of the film. Yeah. How you know he didn't? You know, maybe it wasn't that we don't see him directly oh, go from there to there. There's a scene that you know. It, there's a cut. Could have learned about Chicago on MapQuest or something. He was in the fucking cab. He asked the cabbie to take him to Chicago. So how could there be a cut? I mean, well, there's a there's from when he figured out that he had to go somewhere to when he got to the cab. Oh come on, walking down the street and shit. (laughs) Oh, give me a break, man. That's ridiculous, dude. It's ridiculous. I I don't know, man. Like the thing is, when I watch films like this, like if if there could be an explanation. Then I'm just gonna go with it. Like, what did he do? Did he go up to somebody in the gas station, show him the flesh map, and be like, "Do you know where this is?" But it's dude, like, really? it's like, it's like fucking, you know, it's like you know, you being transported from the 1600s into present day, and then the first thing you say and go, "Hey man, can you take me that In and Out Burger?" Well, do I have magic <laughs> it doesn't, powers? It doesn't make any sense, man. Do I have you magic know powers? about In and Out Burger. Do I have a right? flesh map that that shows me stuff, and do I have direct contact with the devil? <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Good god, Jake. <laughs> so you're telling me that he could that he couldn't have asked the devil like, "Where am I going?" <laughs> well, but he's I mean, like, "You're going to Chicago." But that's that's kind of the point, though. Like, you you just have to, you know, use your imagination and just yeah. Obviously, it's bad filmmaking when you don't explain stuff like this. But let's mm-hmm. let's be honest here. I mean, I mean, I'm okay with sacrificing this. The the thing about the time travel one in the first film, where you know, like, how did he get free and stuff? That's a valid one. But this, I 
I say cut it. Maybe there was a scene and they cut it because wh- why are you going to fill running time with with him figuring out where Chicago is? You know what <laughs> I mean? On, you man. have to go there. So let's <laughs> let's just cut that scene out and let's just have him ask the cab driver to take him to Chicago. <laughs> okay, whatever. I mean, <laughs> that's a valid point, dude. I guess so. I guess so. But I mean, st- but but I mean, in the in the perspective of watching the film. You know, when that part happens and he's like, yo, Chicago, it's like, what? You can't help but question that. It just sounds goofy. It sounds mm-hmm. so fucking goofy. It is right? goofy. It I is totally goofy. You. And I, you know, obviously, obviously there's, there's plot holes and stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. I'm <laughs> totally. just, I'm just like, you know, I'm just playing a little devil's advocate here, man. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this one too, yo. <laughs> fucking insane. What about, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the best thing about this movie really is, like we said, like the, the effects in this film, like the, the kill count in this film is so much higher than the first one. I don't even know what the body count in this one is. Does mm-hmm. anybody have an idea? Like it's, it seems like it's like three times higher than the first one. I know it's written by the guy who wrote Rad. Really? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Like I like the shotgun scene. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. There was there was a lot of cool. How about when he's that... walking down the invisible steps? Oh God, that was so awesome. <laughs> I, I like that stuff, man. I like when the lady fell through the window. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh man, she got fucked up. Yeah. Man. Remind mm, me of Suspiria, man. It's awesome. You know what? It kind of did it at times for me too. Like, yeah. You look at her and you got that big ass piece of fucking yeah, glass, glass in her face. like right through her oh it's like oh not really yeah so but yeah I, I gotta say though the thing that got me through this movie was waiting for the next kills and stuff yeah. I, I really like the scene where you know the warlock he just kind of points his fingers at the dudes and fucking shoots them <laughs> that See, was now, awesome that's, too man. that's yeah. perfect magic that's magic right there you know not yeah, where so Chicago he can take a finger gun and a bullet appear out of nowhere but he can't know where Chicago is <laughs> No, he can't know where Chicago is. That's totally unacceptable. Okay. But listen, guys. So, you know, if you do watch this as a slasher, you know, and just enjoy the kills and stuff, yeah, obviously it's a bad movie. I'm not going to lie. I know know that it's a bad movie, but there's some – it's an entertainingly bad movie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like any other slasher, dude, filled with plot holes, nothing makes sense. Characters are doing shit they shouldn't be doing. I do feel like – kills were peppered in very well because you know at first i was like okay like that i'm pretty impressed right now they definitely probably blew their wad and they're probably not going to have anything for a while and i it was just one after another and i i I was genuinely surprised at the amount of gore that there was in this film and i almost felt like it was like is this going to be like pushing the r rating pretty soon because like there's a lot of gore in this film yeah, it really did surprise me too. Considering, like we said, the first film—I mean, when the guy gets his fingers cut off or his finger, it doesn't even bleed. And this one, they're like fucking blood and gore and guts <laughs> everywhere. It's—it's it's actually quite a step up. It was pretty, not shocking. I, w- I don't want to use the word shocking, but it was just—it uh, was. I kind of went wow. Yeah, I kind of went wow. Holy shit! You know, they—they mm-hmm. they amped it up. You know, for this film. Anyways, <laughs> uh, and then yeah. took a huge step. Back in part yep, three. Yep. Listen, but the budget of this film was three million dollars. It had a theatrical release and it made three million nine hundred thousand. Oh, Are you hey, fucking kidding me? Hey, this I movie was. Profit. This movie had a four million dollar <laughs> less budget than the first one. I guess so. Wow, crazy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because this one actually does look a lot better. Yeah. 
It's interesting. Hmm. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it. You know, There's I I, I thought. I thought that the you know the overall tone for this one was a lot better. I thought the score was a lot better in this film too. Um, mm-hmm. Just a bunch of ridiculous scenes in this one, but you know I enjoyed them though. <laughs> I got to say the one scene with the collector um, when Julian or when the warlock transforms him into whatever that little statue. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I was fucking pissing myself. <laughs> I was like, that's so goofy looking. It is. It really oh, is. It was so goofy looking the way they had those eyes moving in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fucking awesome. But yeah, I don't know, man. This <clears throat> I had a lot more fun with this movie, to be honest. You know, it, but it's not a great movie by any means, but I had a lot more fun, which really does count. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, ratings? Same thing here. Four and a half out of ten. Four and a half out of ten. Uh, I'll go next. I give it a six and a half out of ten. Uh, I give this one also a five and a half out of ten. Both still below the IMDb rating. That <laughs> never happens. I'm telling you that those ratings are always way lower than. Maybe actual you should pick ratings. better movies, and then I'll give them a higher rating. Dude, I was yeah. So surprised says the guy who picks on... fucking four terrible Fangoria films. No, <laughs> that, that was, was the worst. That, that was, was actually, way worse than this, dude. That was five films. No, one was good. Oh yeah, one was good. Yeah, um, I'll yeah, redeem myself next week. I was really surprised at the IMDb uh, ratings on here <laughs> being so high. I expected these to be like in the three four range when I clicked on the pages. Yeah, I mean, but they're fun. Yeah, I Not mean, all of them. it's okay. Um, but yeah, so speaking of fun, a house has been in my family for hundreds of years. I didn't even know about it. Why don't you come with me? It'll be an adventure. You may not like what you find. I'll get it. Hello. My name is Philip Covington. Would you mind if I look around? Be my guest. Very powerful energy in this place. Okay, Philip. I get a bad vibe. You get a bad vibe watching cartoons. He's so and he'll belong to me. I think he's a warlock. True followers of the craft work their spells with the aid of a personal item from their victim. There's nothing for you here. What do you want? You. I've waited a long time. We gotta get out of here. Warlock three, uh, end of in- the end of innocence from nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine, the end of the nineties, and wow, does this one ever? This one definitely feels like the later nineties for sure. I mean, oh, even from the DVD okay. cover of this film, you know, it has all the cast on, you know, mm-hmm. just their faces. It's that yeah. very typical you know how late nineties. God, dude, fuck, right from the right from the DVD cover, it's just fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Warlock three, the end of innocence. So this is, you know, it, uh, I guess it's not. So they made three movies in ten years. I can't believe they actually made a third one. It just blows my mind. Like I said I have no. You idea know what, how what's they crazy? Yeah. What? What? To add to what Jeremy was saying, like they made Warlock two in 1993, and then six years later, some guys sitting there like, you know what? We should make Warlock. <laughs> I just had an idea. 
What do you guys think about making another Warlock film? Dude, what a great idea. Like, and, they, what, and then they were like crazy conversation. And they went up to Julian Sand and they're like, here's the script, sir, for the new Warlock film. And he looked at it. He's like, I'm not doing this shit. So they yeah. somebody else. Yeah, dude, yeah, definitely. I, you get well, Bruce that Kane. was one of my biggest complaints right away. Yeah, I guess yeah. we should get into the plot of this one. Yeah, the plot. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Warlock 3, The End of Innocence, from the year 1999. A college student unexpectedly finds that she has inherited uh, a house accompanied by a group of friends. She goes there to clear up her heirlooms before the structure is demolished. Almost almost immediately, she and her friends are targeted by a powerful warlock who is very interested in her bloodline. Yep, that's what it is. Yep. Yeah, this one has a so really... ratings, really, everybody? <laughs> this one has a really fucking bad setup to the film. It's just it doesn't so, it feel it, so, like, almost full moon? Yeah. It, it just but feels not so good, full moon. I mean, it's just such a bad story. It's like, oh... How many times yeah, have you seen this? That, house, man? This house has been in my family for hundreds of years, and they're going to demolish it. So, and <laughs> I'm the only, only living member. I'm the only living member left in my family history, and so I got to go fucking save this house. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? They couldn't come up with a better story than this mm-hmm. shit. Yep. Oh my. Sounds God. like Texas Chainsaw 3D. Yeah, this is just. That does sound like bad. Texas Chainsaw 3D. <laughs> this, this one's bad right from the start, and like one of the I fucking almost all the characters in this movie suck too. Is it just me, or is like everyone not that likable? I'll tell like- you right now, nobody in this entire film, including the warlock, interests me at all. Like nobody had any bit of charisma. Nobody stood out. You said you were falling uh, asleep, right, JP? I didn't say I was falling asleep, but I did say I I was out of it. Like it, I would like just. But Ashley Lawrence is in it, man. Come on. No characters in this movie were interesting. It, it was fucking terrible, and I mean, even including the warlock himself, you know. Just like, yeah, that monotone delivery. Christy was just in staring. It. It's actually at- Kirsty. <clears throat> oh fuck you, JP. Just saying. There's some hardcore Hellraiser fans that might get mad at you about that one. So let them bend me over and rape me for saying her name wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's what they would do. But <laughs> uh, no. So, but in so all this honesty, one- this movie's crap, dude. I can't even defend this one. Yeah, this 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 one didn't obviously have any continuity. It's just fucking, it's just a a really really boring storyline. Why the fuck did they ever make this movie? I don't get it, man. Like, it's even more mind boggling than the than the idea to make the first sequel because the 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 first Warlock, even though you guys like have issues with it, and I, I agree that they're there. Like Jeremy said, it has a cult following, and it like it did okay at the time. Like it, it, I'm sure it was a high rental at the video stores. Uh, it seemed moderately, you know, Hollywoodish, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but this one, man, like the idea love- that they made a sequel after the second film. <laughs> it's I love crazy. reading. I love reading I just- this review on Rotten Tomatoes. It says. This dreadful third installment is more like the TV series Friends than the previous entries, and it has replaced the wonderful Julian Sands with a horribly miscast Bruce Payne in this pointless bore. That's an awesome review. I'm surprised he didn't use a Bruce Payne pun. 
<laughs> this movie was Bruce painful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's really nothing good to say about this movie. Even the fucking kills sucked. Yeah, yeah. And dude. That, I'm like really just waiting for good kills and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I hate these characters, pretty much all of them. I'm like Bruce Payne. You gotta start fucking some shit up here, man. <laughs> and, and it just never happens. Was that and what then, he was like? And then Did I was just like staring at there and look down at the DVD cover, looking at Bruce Payne staring at you, like, like, dog, you gotta start fucking some shit up because I, I know can't take it I anymore. did, man. I, I grabbed my DVD and I was like, Bruce, this is painful, man. This is it's fucking like, Bruce, terrible. Just look, we gotta have a chat. We gotta have a chat. <laughs> but, <It's> like, uh, <laughs> fucking bad. I mean, this one does have a little bit of titties in it, though. Yeah. You know? Little bit. So does that save it for you? Sex no. and pain. Sex and pain. No, it totally didn't, man. No. It's bad. Close. But you know, oh my god. It, the, the thing about this one is, it, remember in the second one, we're like, where we're like, okay, like it has a lot of good kills and stuff. Without it, it would be crap. Mm-hmm. This is without it, and this is not only without it, but if you take all the kills out of the the second film. And you have the storyline. It's still a stronger storyline than this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a heaping pile of shit this one is, man. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about this movie because there's really nothing to say about it. It's just, just don't watch it. It's a really poor script. It's it's got a terrible cast. Like it's just it's fucking okay. Did you guys even like the you know the setting in the house? Nope. Not no. at all. I thought it sucked too, man. I was like, mm-hmm. you guys are going to have this ancient house that's like, you know, hundreds of years old and stuff. Make it fucking cool. Don't make it like super low budget, full moon shit, you know, fucking. Yeah, but even full moons look cool. Castle Freak, come on, dude. Yeah, man. No, full moon always has like awesome, pretty cool settings and stuff. But like, you know, like you get the odd full moon film that's just like the worst piece of shit ever. Yeah. Yeah, like Witchcraft 3. Yeah, some yeah. shit like that. It's like this. I'm like what the fuck this is horrible there's no redeemable qualities about this film like how did they not have kills how do you take they didn't even take one step back in this film they took a fucking but they did, they did 16 backflips backwards yeah with this yeah. one it, it's fucking ridiculous man there's no. actually nothing to say about this one nah. no there it's, really it's, isn't it's man. like toolbox murders remake so you guys want to hear something funny um <laughs> so i've got my notes for warlock one and two here and then warlock three the only note <laughs> that I have for the you whole movie. Shoot I wrote me. kitties. I wrote kitties. <laughs> it is true though, because you that's know what? That's I a perfect that's a perfect thing because I was sitting here watching Warlock, you know, I was kicked back, you know, chilling. Uh the first two went by great for me. Like I didn't have an issue with them. The third one, it was one of those situations where I had to remind myself to watch the fucking TV and not like grab my phone. I had to put my phone away so I would st- stay paying attention, and I still would end up looking at the wall instead of the film or looking around the room or looking at my dog. And then I like I would see titties and I'd be like, oh, and that that's it. Like that's the whole thing I remember pretty much is like every once in a while there was boobs. Yeah, it's really. That's so sad that we've talked about boobs more than anything in the about the film. Yeah. Well, <laughs> boobs are the best thing in our life, man. Yeah. Well, Bruce Payne sucked. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he like, was not good, man. I mean, like, the the original Warlock might not have been the, the greatest, but... Julian Sands I, cool, man. He, he, like, this guy's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did like... I mean, I thought actually... Ashley Lawrence did a pretty good job in the film, though. She was yeah, okay. you want to like her, you know. It's Kirsty. 
Um, but you know what? I love Kirsty and Hellraiser, but I like I'm not like a, a big fan of her because I don't like her in Hellraiser Bloodline and you know so yeah, yeah. that I've seen her in. You know, I, I think she did a fantastic job in the first two Hellraisers. Like her a lot. I think she's a great final girl in those two films, but. Um, she's not like a uh, you know Daniel Harris or a Heather Langenkamp or something where I'll I'll like her and everything she's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Ratings, man, I really just do not know what to say about this movie. It's just it's just utter shit. It's a total avoid. Like if you're gonna watch the Warlock films, which I do recommend you watch both one and two. They're very solid despite despite what these guys say. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> But you know, Warlock Three, man, it's 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 not even worth picking up. I paid nine ninety nine for this shit, dude. I paid fucking five fifty for my DVD, yeah, man. Yeah, I paid I'm five bucks plus that. shipping. I'm oh, pissed man. about that. <laughs> I, I I bought Warlock One, what Two, and Three, fuck? ten bucks each. Amazon the, Prime, that shit. It was oh. The crazy thing about the Warlock trilogy DVD set here is that uh, the third one is the hardest one to get. Yeah. Go fucking figure. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Because no one wants it. Oh, God. It's such a fucking piece of shit. Um, ratings, Jeremy. Two out of ten. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say one. It's not bad. Two. It's on, the, uh, it's on par with Bloody Homecoming, so that's good. <laughs> Jeremy. Or GP. Uh, this is uh, definitely an avoid. I'll give it a two and a half out of ten. <laughs> That's exactly what I gave it to. Two and a half out of ten. We should have a hall of pain. It, it, it's <laughs> <laughs> a hall of pain. I know yeah. exactly what we can put on the banner. Hall of shame, man. Hall of shame, right there. We're gonna put Bruce Payne as our mascot for the, <laughs> the wall of pain. <laughs> so when you click on the wall of pain. <laughs> <laughs> it's look 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 oh my god it's so good i'm gonna photoshop out the cover of the whole cast sitting there and and i'm just gonna put the movie poster uh on his hands <laughs> so so what makes it into the into the hall of pain if it has lower than a six what? from all no lower than like an eight from all of us lower than no eight, an eight out of ten no i think it would it would have to be like lower than a I think it would have to be like three or below, right? If we did it the opposite. Oh, are we doing the opposite? I thought we were doing. I'm not making a wall of pain, guys. Okay. (laughs) Fucking rights. Do it, man. Do it, man. Warlock. And this will only be for like feature present or feature reviews. Yeah. So if we get like a really, really shit one that goes on the wall of fucking pain. I think the only. What was the worst one we got? Entity? I think Entity, man. Entity would definitely be in the wall of pain. Yeah. Hey guys, th- that's that's the thing about picking these featured reviews when we don't know what they are. Sometimes it could be a shit review session, but I'm sure we said some funny shit in here. Uh, yeah, and, like me getting you know, raped by Hellraiser fans for saying yeah, your name wrong. Yeah, and you know, it, it just it is what it is. Like, there's not much to say about Warlock Three. Hopefully, the director it, doesn't message you, JP, and be like, "Why'd you hate my film?" Yeah, he'll probably he'll probably message us and be like. Be like, you know what? You guys were actually pretty right about that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, actually, I hated the film myself. <laughs> it was painful. It was Bruce painful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> it's never gonna get old. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I cannot believe this guy's name is Bruce Payne. This is gonna end. I'm. Go- oh man. 
House of Pain, Wall of Pain. It's too good. It's too good. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean, but next week hopefully we'll have some better films to talk about. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, the Warlock trilogy, man. It, I'm going. I I I mean, stay if away. They go like you know, make like a Warlock four or something. It would no. literally blow my mind. Never gonna happen. <laughs> they made a Warlock four, man. I'll, I'm fucking quitting. Yeah, never gonna happen. I'm, I'm just hanging it up. Like man. I'll accept like a That's warlock it. versus leprechaun, or like a <laughs> warlock versus Dijan or something from Wishmaster, because there was actually a leprechaun versus warlock comic, guys, that exists. Really? Yep. Wow. Crazy. Uh, but ah uh, man, that was a rough one, man. That warlock three, uh, wasn't having fun with that. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess that's going to do it for episode 33. Yes, we surpassed 32, didn't we, David? <laughs> um, so that is going to do it for the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast this week. Jeremy? All right. So thank you for listening to the 33rd episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods616. And if you want to follow JP, a.k.a. the man who hates Pee Wee Herman, you could follow him on his channel at youtube.com slash doubleshotj. And as always, you can follow me on my channel at youtube.com slash nesruler22. And as always, if you have any questions, you could send us an email at the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods, A N D horror at gmail.com. And as always, you can listen to us on the devilseyes.com. And you could also send us any questions that you have in a voice in, in a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast. And as always, Please check us out on our new website at the 22 shots of moods and horror.com where we have a whole bunch of things going on over there right now, including a new section titled the hall of pain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making the hall of pain. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> oh my God. Another project. Jesus. Listen guys, definitely check out the website though. I mean, we That's put a lot cool. of hard work into it and, and it's going to keep getting better. Um, and a lot of fights, blood actually, I yeah. cut myself when I was typing the other day, uh, it wasn't pretty, uh, and I still got a tiny little paper cut there and it still hurts. So feel bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll check you next week. Peace. See you later guys.